Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a roundtable special Where on Earth Have You Been edition of Tuesday Night Jaw on the Distraction Pieces Network. Some plugs before we get into the podcast, which is being recorded in the United States of America. Plug number one, I have a live Tuesday night jaw that may or may not be featuring one of today's guests on Saturday, September the 9th at noon, the day before the sold-out progress show at Alexandra Palace. Uh, It's at King's Place in London as part of the London Podcast Festival Presents Wrestling. My show's at noon. Uh, There will be special guests. Uh, One guest, you, you probably guessed by now, is Glenn Joseph. Uh, another guest is Scroobius Pip. Um, more guests to be announced um, on the actual uh, announcement and run up to the actual day. Um, tickets are still available. It'd be great if you can come along to it. And also, I have merch now. I have two sweet t shirts. They're both the same t shirt, but one's black and one's white because I couldn't decide what colour to get. And I tried to do a vote on Twitter, and you guys were as indecisive as I was. Um, so I have the uh, Cheer Faces Boo Heels t shirt that a lot of you wanted and are excited about, and a lot of you have pre ordered. Thank you very much. Um, you can get the t-shirts and you can get tickets for September the 9th via jimsmallman.com slash tnj jimsmallman.com slash tnj that's also where you point people in the direction of this podcast for it has all the download links and all the recent episodes listed there as well other plugs obviously listen to everything on the Distraction Pieces Network because it is awesome and I'm very very happy that Scroobius Pitt put my podcast on his network and enabled me to reach more listeners and of course check out everything that Progress Wrestling does uh, progresswrestling.com for tickets and merchandise there's not a lot of tickets available there's some tickets for Sheffield and some tickets for Birmingham at the moment uh, but not loads so hurry up um, and there's obviously always merch uh, and demand-progress.com for all of our shows including the shows that we will talk about in a little while they're not there yet but they'll be there at some point um, that's me plugs out of the way I think I don't think I've got anything else to plug. But yeah, the live podcast, September the 9th, and my t-shirts. Do please check those out. jimsmorman.com slash TNJ, because it's supporting the podcast, and it's awesome that you want to help do that. Right, guests. They're my two best mates, and they're my two business partners. Um, we're in a hotel in Orlando, in the actual airport. In the actual airport in the middle of Orlando. Um, who shall I do for? I'll, I'll introduce the one I've already mentioned first. Um, he's wearing a vest. He looks like he's on holiday. Lads. Uh, lads, lads, lads. <laughs> Um, he's bought alcohol. Let me describe his alcohol. He's bought two bottles of something with him. What's that? Angry Orchard crisp apple cider. Good. Um, and 
a cup of wine <laughs> for my children need wine. Um, um, yeah, it's not just any cup of wine. This is a cup of wine from it's a, it's a uh, celebratory. Now, what do they call these? A uh, collection cup, uh, not like you put around a church. That's a collection plate. Yeah, um, a cup from uh, the Groundhog Day in on Broadway. Nice. We got this, uh, and uh, obviously more stories about this later on. But uh, Dahlia, who also drinks red wine, got this cup and did an air punch and went yippee at the size of the red wine because wow. that's how much it came in. It, it, I like the fact it's both glass, but also looks like you could put a teat on the top of it and give it to a child. It's basically a sippy cup. Yeah, it is. <laughs> a sippy um, cup of wine. So if you haven't figured it out yet, it's the voice of progress, uh, Glenn Joseph. Hi, Glenn. Hi. How are you? Better now we're in Orlando, to be honest. Um, just to explain, um, before I introduce guest number three, guest number two, I'm the host, two guests. Um, Fucking hell, mate. I know, I'm, I'm, I'm so tired already. This podcast well. is going to be both full of swears. Um, as When we're talking about TakeOver and SummerSlam that we attended, um, that will be super positive and awesome because this podcast is about positivity. When we're telling you about the progress adventures in New York and Brooklyn, it might be we're very positive about the shows. Some of the experience around it might be slightly less positive because it's been a waking nightmare. Um, guest number two is the brains behind progress, the, the, the hard work behind progress, the one who does all the stuff that doesn't get all the credit while me and Glenn take the credit and have our photos taken with people. Um, John... Francesca Briley. Um, hi, John. Bonjour. Um, so what's going to happen today is people... Because John doesn't do the podcast very often, but when he does, people like his soothing voice, um, which will balance out Glenn's screaming and my horrible Midlands accent. So um, John's just had chips as well, haven't you, mate? I have. I had a very slight blood sugar wobble, and so I had to rush down and get some chips. Did you eat your salad? Not yet. No. It's not you... a lot of blood sugar carb help <laughs> in salad. I know, but you know, it seems seems counterproductive. The lack of blood is probably from the lack of meat, as you two have suffered over the course of this. Uh, yeah, through being this veg- trip, through being vegetarians, while you you just eating all the shrimp, biting limbs off of animals, <laughs> just just in the street. <laughs> so, <laughs> so a plague, plague of shrimp. We're gonna we're gonna talk about the progress shows in New York and Boston first. Um, I don't. Sometimes these roundtable podcasts go, I've deliberately not asked for questions and stuff because we haven't got a ton of time and I want to make sure we put a podcast out. And, I, and as John's on it, this podcast can't be longer than two hours because John hates any podcasts that are longer than two hours, which means he hates the podcast that he's now on because it's routinely <laughs> longer than two hours. Yep. I just want to say quick apologies for not having a podcast episode up last week. I've done a lot of interview podcasts recently, but as most of you are aware, I have been in America, I have been dead busy, and I also had a bit of a holday in between our shows and then coming to Orlando so also um, let's face it it's free yeah I mean I didn't want to I didn't want to be as blunt as that but I mean that's my specialty mate. John Briley customer service Brylo <laughs> um, <laughs> deals <laughs> it, yeah it is free um, but I you know I'm grateful a lot of people subscribe and a lot of people like the podcast um, and less than ever since I had a little rant about this a few weeks ago a lot less people have started of of a lot less people are now messaging me on a Tuesday going hey where's the podcast <laughs> Where's the podcast? Give me a podcast. Because, you know, sometimes life gets in the It's way. weekday night, Jaw. Yeah, it is. I mean, this will be out on a Wednesday morning. Um, <laughs> it's Wednesday morning, Jaw. Um, I hope you're having a lovely time on your way to work, guys. Um, here's Lifted by the Lighthouse. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Conway Twitty. 
Also, we've gone from being quite stressed and quite miserable in the northeast of America <laughs> to being really relaxed and quite silly. This will degenerate into quite a lot of stupidity during the course of us talking, I have no doubt, because I've shared a car with you guys today. Oh, um, we're all going to hell. Yeah, oh, we are, yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot of the stuff will not be repeated. On <laughs> so, let's talk about... Let's talk about our shows in New York and our shows in... Our show in Boston. So, let's get the first thing out of the way. They were good shows that wrestling fans really seem to enjoy. And that's a brilliant positive. Yeah. So when we were in New York, we, we went and did a serious radio programme, didn't we? Not a serious radio programme. It was really serious. Uh, <laughs> they, had us, they had us on some kind of stockbroker programme yeah. for no reason. <laughs> on the, uh, the Friday, I did Busted Open Radio on Sirius XM with our friends over there who were absolutely brilliant. And then after the show, uh, when we were in New York, um, we did it again the other day yeah. with them. Um, it was on before Rebby Hardy I think was on before Rebby Hardy was on and, 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 and we got Larry Dallas and, and it, was, it was cool and, it, and, and they were great and, and the first thing they said was we know you had some problems but the show was really good and then everyone who wanted to come up and have people coming up and have their photos taken with us when we were in the queue it's a SummerSlam and stuff like that and everyone said it's one of the best shows we've ever seen and we're like thanks because I think we've possibly kind of forgotten that it was a good show because our focus has been on other things yeah um, like it's being hotter than the sun. Yeah, so it was hotter than the sun, and obviously TK got injured, and um, we lost a bus. And <laughs> we, we didn't lose we we did, we did a fucking bus. Do we even know what the bus driver's name was? Nope. Keanu. Because yeah. <laughs> I'd like to find that prick. He went, he went mentally speed with that bus, oh, didn't he? God. He so just decided... I think we should explain. Let's, let's, do it, let's do it chronologically. Okay, yeah. Let's, let's start, start with the first problem that we had, that we thought would be the... Routinely, when we do a progress show, if we have a problem, that tends to we tend to have one bad problem, and then everything else is plain sailing. Mm. Normally, like if <laughs> just touching wood there. Thank you. Um, so we tend to have one problem, and then everything else tends to right itself. And we tend to be pretty calm. We've actually missed a problem the night before. The no, that's what I'm going. That's what oh, I'm okay. Right. right? So I'm doing it chronologically. Right. So the Friday before our show in New York, bearing in mind. Uh, the uh, WWE did loads of cool stuff to advertise our show. Yep. So we didn't ask them to, yeah. right? We asked if we could borrow Jack, Gall- Jack Gallagher and um, and Dakota Kai, and they said yes. That was really cool of them. We appreciate it. They then did. They went a bit above and beyond and put our show on their website, put our show on their Twitter feed, and put a ticket link, which I don't think I've ever seen for no, shows. It was uh, unprecedented and very much appreciated. Yeah, and we were super grateful, and that's one of the reasons they helped sell it out, and we've, we've thanked them in person, and, and the, in particular the people responsible for it. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome of them. But obviously the, the market, the market, I think the draw in New York for us was us as a company. People were excited to see us as a company. But the marquee match was Pete Dunne, Jack Gallagher, mm-hmm. in New York. So yes. And not necessarily the main event, but, but the, perhaps the marquee the marquee match. match that a lot of people are excited about. Yeah. And the thing that um, immediately knackered us on the Friday, uh, I was asleep, so I didn't know this until I woke up first thing in the morning. You went to the show in question and left before. Yeah, I went to the show and left at half time because it was very hot and I had soaked through literally everything I was wearing. I mean, you shouldn't have wore that many layers, man. To be honest, <laughs> don't wear a trench coat to rest. <laughs> well, never again. Yeah. No. <laughs> Um, and yes, I was because I'm, I'm notoriously a night owl, uh, and I like to stay up very late. And so I forced myself because I had to pick up a car at seven a.m. and I had lots to do that day, very important things to do over the course of the day. Uh, so I picked up the car uh, early in the morning, and so I decided I'm going to go to bed. Eleven o'clock, I went. You know what? For the first time ever, I'm going to go to bed at eleven p.m. 
got into bed and went, I'll just check Twitter. And I did check Twitter, and what I saw was a picture on my feed of a very bloody-looking Pete Dunne. Mm. And subsequently went, ooh, me spidey senses are tingling. And me bomb did that 20p, 50p thing, where yeah. it started to get a bit concerned. Uh, and I messaged some of our friends who were at... Um, uh, our friends at Facebook Feministas, um, they, they were there at the show. I messaged a couple of them to say, can you kind of get me some information? Tried to message the boys, of course, but, you know... Um, yeah, they didn't have data or whatever. So eventually got a hold of Pete and the, uh, it was explained to me, but my early night then turned into a, I have a lot of phone calls and things to make. So yeah. I kind of, while you guys were asleep, assembled a sort of plan in case Pete couldn't do it because I had as much information as possible. Uh, then Pete messaged me and said, uh, yeah, I've, I've got five or six stitches in. Um, and it wasn't five or six stitches. No, it was 11, it was 11 stitches. stitches. And, uh, yeah, so that was that was the first thing that went on. Of course, subsequently we, we met in the morning and uh, put the show back together without Pete, um, which is unfortunate because, as you say, everybody here loves the British guys, and that's mm. what really the selling ourselves, the brand progress, if you like, was uh, you know a fantastic selling point. But people were really excited about seeing Pete and seeing British Strong Style, so we didn't want to shortchange people. So in the morning we put together a plan and. Um, yeah, and what happened next was dot dot dot. Yeah, <laughs> I mean at least I mean fair play to out of character for a minute. Fair play to Pete. He, he appeared and he still he still helped out and was excellent and yep. and cannot say enough positive stuff about him. For, yeah, for he what was he did. Gutted that he couldn't be on the show. Absolutely gutted and so apologetic when flat out it is not his fault what happened to him. Not at so all. Um, uh, so and and because we were transparent about it and this is something I always forget. There are plenty of indie companies in the world that will advertise someone who's not appearing. And this is something that I only realised because American fans are very good at being vocal about us being different. So we filmed a video in your room mm-hmm. of me explaining what was going to happen and that Pete was still going to appear, but he obviously couldn't appear because of the stitches in his head. And the fact his eye was swollen, he was in, you know, he was pretty banged up. So we we announced that and then immediately our Twitter feed was full of people saying no one said I would like a refund everyone said actually there was one prick was there one prick yeah <laughs> good yeah get fucked mate um <laughs> so or the, everyone welcome <laughs> except you you're the one person <laughs> <laughs> not welcome fucking prick <laughs> card subject to change and all that yeah, yeah. And, it, and it is but we apart and not nearly everybody latched onto it and said thanks for telling us we're still excited and that was awesome so then we start the show and we have a segment where Pete comes out and then Jack Gallagher comes out um, which I'm not going to spoil for you because his promo is tremendous um, and, then, and then he wrestles Zach Gibson and, it, and it's awesome and, and from that point onwards like because the start of the show and I keep forgetting this the start of the show is 1500 people in a, a, a basketball gymnasium basically um, chanting this is progress chanting my name and chanting within two minutes of me walking in the ring please come back it is before the, the show had started. Legitimately the maddest thing. And it was the, there's very few things that bring me to tears in wrestling. Um, normally it's not for good reasons. But uh, to hear 1,500 people chanting, please come back. I think it was like, I counted it as like three or four minutes in. Yeah, it's not. Because it, it was five or six minutes before you could even say anything. I couldn't. I, couldn't talk, I, I was genuinely blown away. And, and, and this goes, and you'll, you'll hear us saying this a lot. The fans in New York were wonderful, and mm. we will say this repeatedly because they were great in the in the face of adversity, which th- we'll come through in a bit. They were fantastic. I think New York fans also have maybe got a bad rap over the years as well. Oh, yeah, I was expecting know, it to be difficult. I was expecting yeah. to walk in the ring and have 
maybe half the crowd be pleased to see me and half the crowd either boo me or go who's this dick (laughs) right and and they weren't everyone was on board straight away and it it was I I said to you I I was backstage and normally I'll wander around the ring and I couldn't do it because it it felt weird like every time I left I had so many people want to have their photo taken with me which is really sweet but like genuinely overwhelming so I had to keep coming back into the locker room and going I I just need to have a breather which is, is not like me so the show starts Everyone's on board. It's it's amazing. Talking to Gabe Sapolsky from Evolve and WWN about it, he was saying this is like ECW back in the day, and that's if I hear that, I'm like, okay. He he actually said it was the single biggest reaction he'd heard in independent wrestling since ECW yeah. existed. And I, you know, as a huge ECW fan, I will I will take that. So at this point, we're feeling pretty good. Mm-hmm. First match happens, it was great. First half of the show. Was great. New attendance record for that venue. New attendance record for that venue. It was <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, it was. It, let's address this now because we've had a few people. I've done a few interviews where I've been asked this. It was warm in there. Now, um, we were there for. So I was there for some of the Evolve show. I think you were there for all of it. More or less, yeah. Yeah, and the Evolve show before us was a lot quieter. So for, yeah, that was four hundred fifty-five hundred people. I think. Yeah, and it was a great show. Right, but 450, 500 people versus, and we still don't necessarily know what the overall number was. I oh, we don't actually have the figures. I we? got told by the venue manager, whose venue it is, he said there's about fifteen hundred people in his new attendance record. So I went, thanks, mate. So, and the point is, is that the venue manager was very, very on the ball. Yeah, he. He, like throughout the whole day, there was no way he was going to allow us to oversell that venue. No, absolutely. And, and this is and this is an issue that a few people on Twitter have brought up. Yes, it was hot in there. It's August in New York. Most of New York was hot. I went out with my family a couple of days before, and it was super hot wherever we went. Um, we're in Orlando at the minute, where there's air conditioning everywhere, and it's super comfortable. Yeah. And obviously, when we went to the Barclays Center to watch Takeover and SummerSlam, that's super air conditioned and super comfortable. Yep. Yeah. But a lot of small, most independent wrestling fans in America will tell you a lot of the smaller venues are sweat boxes. Yeah, you get however many people we got in there, over a thousand at least. Right. In, in fairness, for the Evolve show, there was the AC was working. Yeah, it's just that it just wasn't working. It, either it couldn't cope or it broke. Yeah, yeah. The, the, that many people. And also, this is not us in any way nullifying the fact that yes, it was uncomfortable. Yeah, it was. I went backstage and somebody said. Did somebody pour something over you? And I was just sat talking. Yeah. And I, I, like it was incredibly warm, and and, and it was stifling. And, and you know, uh, uh, in an ideal world, this yeah, we 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 would have had it better. Um, but this is not us making excuses or anything. This is just us saying this is the these are the facts. It was uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable for people by the end of the evening. Um, but like you said, the the resounding kind of thing from it was the wrestling was incredible. Yeah, and so many people were resoundingly positive. It's it is is a thing, right? It's hot in there. We have an interval now. Not a lot of not all American indie shows have an interval, right? So we had an interval, and my belief it and I know it was hot, and there was bound to be a few people who went, "No, it's too hot for me. I'm not going to come back." But after the interval, as far as I could gather from my sight in the ring, everybody came back. Now a couple of people were poorly during the show. And we're not glossing over that at mm. all because I've certainly I, I feel bad that I've not had a chance to speak to them personally and say I'm sorry you felt ill. It's also not but, under our jurisdiction, or, or, or you know, do, do we want to like say why people were? No, Ill? absolutely, we're not going to do that. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 but we know there are. We've been told there are mitigating circumstances yeah. for them for them being poorly. However, however, it's it's still hot in there, and I don't I don't ever want anyone to get sick anywhere. But I've been to football matches where people have got sick, and, right. it, and it sucks. Um, 
do we wish it was more comfortable in there? 100%. Because I had to stand in a ring and it was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Glenn had to do commentary, it was uncomfortable. John had to run the show and it was uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable for the wrestlers as well. However, all of our wrestlers, with one notable exception, yep. none of our wrestlers suffered from dehydration or anything like that. I got asked this the other day. And all of our wrestlers were healthy apart from one injury that was nothing to do with the heat. So yep. um, it was hot in there. I think what's amazing about a New York crowd is well, so many people come up to us over the course of SummerSlam weekend going, I know it was hot, but it was worth it. And that's actually, yeah. And that's, and most, that's, yeah. that's the thing. If it, was, if it was hot and the show sucked, then people would have left. The thing was, it was hot and no one wanted to leave. And, and that is, it's, te- it's, it's testimony to, to how much the New York fans wanted to see our show. That I think is, yeah. is Do really you know, people, people, I'm sure there were, like you said, there probably were a couple of people who left. And, and that's absolutely fine. And, and, I, and, you know, and understandable. Yeah, of course. Totally, totally. But right. the fact that the, the vast majority of people stayed and were there till the end and through the injury were so respectful mm. and said that the main event was the best thing they'd ever seen and continued to over that weekend in New York and even when we've had you know people talking to us in Orlando that we know have said oh yeah I've heard that it was amazing yeah. like and we go how the fuck do you know it was amazing <laughs> because also, <laughs> because also it, it, it's fair to say it's only been and we're quite honest about this like we're mates and it's only been the last couple of days that I think we've sat down and gone well that was pretty good well I still haven't yeah because you haven't until until I know that Dahlia Black and Tiga Cooper are back in their new flat in London then I will go ah because yeah. it's been yeah that's from another side that's something else yeah. to so um well the second half of the show um we kicked off with what was essentially a, a fairly thrown together four way match because yes, of Pete's a, injury yeah uh, where um, Keith Lee, who most Progress fans will know, and Austin Theory, who less Progress fans will know, but you'll know if you're a fan of Evolve. It was fucking weird. The um, they stepped in for a four-way match with Mark Haskins and Mark Andrews. And again, hot in there, straight off an interval, crowd instantly woof straight into it. Really, really on board with it. And, and that was, it was a great match. And then we get into the tag title match. And that's when it all goes a bit wrong. Because I don't really remember anything after the injury. So... Um, what happened is TK Cooper went to the top rope did a dive to the outside um, landed funny dislocated his ankle and fractured a bone yes correct. so uh, the from from my myself and Lenny Leonard were on commentary at this point as well which is why you'll only hear Lenny for, for the rest of the yeah. show after this happened well done Lenny by the way you're the man yes you certainly are and I didn't even get to say goodbye to him I just kind of went see you later mate and ran out the building um, uh, yeah TK suffered a pretty horrible injury um, and his his foot basically was not on properly, and it was to twist it to one side. And it, the, the only thing I can compare it to was uh, obviously you're a dad, so mm-hmm. my my like spidey senses, my my paternal instinct suddenly kicked in. And when he landed, and somebody stood up, and they stood up and like and looked down in a way that I went, "Oh, I've got that Sebastian feeling again." Which obviously, when people yeah. don't know, Brian Brixton Joe and like Sebastian, who is is a friend of mine, got knocked out like before Joel had even put like his, his, his hands together to let them know that something was wrong like I'd already dropped the because you, you know you can get a feeling I think when you watch so much wrestling you get an appreciation for for something which is slightly different to, to what normally goes on so anyway I tried to jump the vault the rail or whatever and, and, and if you are the woman who I knocked over on the way to the ring and listening to this I can only apologise please wearing, don't sue us you're wearing something red it was very slippy um, and yeah, so uh, obviously, like uh, me being first aid trained, what have you, stopped uh, TK going into shock and stuff, and just kind of 
calm the situation down, but it was obvious that something was wrong. Uh, shall I go on to just tell the rest of my story now for the evening in, in Let, a very short form? Let's so let's go to where you leave the show, and then we'll go through the rest. Your next, we'll go through the next. Few right. Days. So basically, so, we, we we got uh, to get backstage as quickly as possible. Um, then we tried to uh, get all of the the EMTs, and I mean, again, structure very different to as I've learned medical, very different in America yes. to the UK. So um, yeah, we we got him into an ambulance, and myself. And uh, Dahlia and somebody else I can't remember right now went to the hospital uh, to Jim go uh, to go and yeah, yeah uh, go and pick him up and just we we sat there for uh, eleven hours. What was amazing is we obviously had to get TK backstage, and what was amazing is the entire locker room pretty much helped. Yeah, and, and during that time is when one of the fans in the front row passed out, and when he when he passed out while we were around the other side. Yeah. A British strong style around that side trying to plot what to do from a wrestling standpoint next and what was quite nice to see and again there's a little bit of breaking character during the course of this podcast while we're being honest and telling you what happened um, what was really nice to see was the three lads out of British strong style when, when this guy fainted or, or felt ill immediately were there helping him yeah. Trent Seven was fanning him with a towel yeah. like, calling for water calling for, and, and yeah. they were you know in this situation they're as much to thank as the medical staff are because they were very good at helping yeah, the situation out and, and you know big lads like Donovan Dijak and Keith Lee came from backstage to help carry TK out and someone took a photo of TK being carried out um, that it's been tweeted it's a really good photo and TK kind of sort of given still trying to give a thumbs up and showing that he's alright and the fans so the New York fans when he got hurt went completely silent yeah. not a single person they went completely silent and I had to say because silence is weird mm. in that it makes it he, you know with you respect he's not died like he's got badly hurt mm-hmm. but you kind of almost want people to talk amongst themselves to sort of yeah. so that's why I was saying give us a minute but everyone was so respectful and so nice that I kept giving him updates and then when I went over and said he's got a smile on his face everyone started chatting TK yeah. and that because he did I'm not making it up he legitimately was, he was so calm and just said, I'm okay, don't worry, it's just okay, it's fine. And he was very good at calming everybody else. He's a, he's a pretty laid back guy and one of the things that obviously like, you know, you, you first said training is to stop people going into shock. So the moment that I like I got down to him because obviously I, I, I know TK quite well, is once I'd stabilised his leg and actually spoke to him was just, you just talked, just took the piss out of him and said, you know, what a disaster he was as a human being. <laughs> um, and... <laughs> Uh, and then you see Dahlia running down and you're like, it's okay, everything's fine, let's not flip out over this. But it was, obviously, it's not a nice thing to see, not even uh, like a, a colleague or not even somebody who works quote-unquote for you, but when one of your friends being hurt. Everyone who works, this is the thing we have to stress, everyone who works for us is, is our friend. Like, we, our locker room is very friendly and we like everybody who works for us. So we never want to see anybody get hurt whether it's in our ring or elsewhere I was upset about Pete getting hurt yeah. partly because I wanted us to use him but also because I, he's, he's a good lad and I don't want someone getting hurt like I don't like to hear any wrestler getting hurt because yeah. it's not it's not real fighting don't so, get hurt so all of the fans were very respectful all of the wrestlers were very helpful and like you said it's, it's weird you carrying looking across at Donovan Dijak and us making ourselves the slimmest men in the world just to get through a door because we couldn't put <laughs> CK down until we got him onto this uh, this stretcher um, so we got him out there as quickly as possible got him to the the, uh, the ambulance which was waiting there got him to the hospital uh, I drove after them and as far as I was concerned that was 
New York and possibly progress in the USA over for me. Mm. Um, and I remember saying to you guys, might need to find a commentator for tomorrow. See you later. And, and off we went. And that was, that was the end of my that evening. That was the end of your evening. We then had a main event that I've been told was brilliant. <laughs> I genuinely don't know. I mean, have you edited it yet? No. So have you, you've not seen any of it yet? No. No. So like, fans have told me it's one of the best matches in America this year. I'm sure it is. Awesome. Great. Well, I mean, it, 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 it has Matt Riddle and Volta in it. Yeah, it so. had Matt Riddle and Volta in it. I genuinely don't. And, and a shout out for Volta, who did loads of matches while he was over here. Lots of main Five events. Five matches in three days. Yeah. And, and four main events? Yeah. Yeah, four main events. And and Volta, I, I really want Volta to catch on in the United States, and I think he is. He's doing bowler yeah. as well. So, you know, from that point of view, because obviously after TK gone, we. we we had a handicap match that patched that together and then we had the main event and, the, and people people enjoyed the handicap match they got the reactions that we needed and again credit to the wrestlers for putting that together for recovering the show because no one left during that time and again it was so hot in there but no one left everyone was like okay well no matter how long it took 20-25 minutes to sort that situation out and then they watched the handicap match super on board with that watched the main event super on board with that and yeah, then at the reaction, end the a- reaction to Riddle winning the Atlas title back yeah. as well was huge yeah massive so spoilers. So yeah, there are spoilers. Um, uh, so and then once the show had finished and we're backstage panicking and getting everything sorted out, um, we <clears throat> there's still massive queues for mo- and, and again fair play to British Strong Style. The venue was closing and they still had a massive queue, so they went out and did it guerrilla style in the street and I still took photos and did it for free. Be- you know, for anyone who was left in the queue because they didn't want anyone to leave without having a picture taken with them. So again, our entire and I said this at the beginning of the Boston show, our entire crew went every single wrestler went above and beyond the call of duty and was helpful and nice and a joy to be around and we cannot thank them enough we cannot thank them enough so you know a lot of wrestling promoters don't I, we, we, I, I always make a point of thanking everybody who performs on our shows and I know you guys do but we, we really know how lucky we are to have had the crew that we had while we were here um, and including like people like Jack Gallagher and Dakota Kai who were under WWE contracts who could have been like oh for god's sake and they were just like, nope, I'm here with my mates and I'm having a good time. And I'm going to pull me weight just the same as everybody else. So, credit to everybody. We'll say one thing before we go on about, uh, d- 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 just bring up Dakota's brought this up to me, is that we are very lucky in the UK in a lot of the venues that we run. Hmm. Because, and uh, this is nothing against the Elmcore Centre itself, itself, but um, we set a precedent as well because we really appreciate our talent so much as to offer them the same... And you know we've all worked in the entertainment industry for years, so we we know what it's like to be treated poorly as a performer. God, so you yes. don't want to treat your performance poorly. So when I found out that the girls were getting changed in the bathroom, mm. uh, you know, when and I asked the venue staff there and the venue owner uh, where where they were getting changed, and he was like, "Oh, they just use they just use the bathroom." So also where to keep their bags? Oh, just in the bathroom. And I said, "Yeah, there's a ladies ladies changing room there." And he went. Um, uh, uh, yeah, but that's that's where I got the food stored for later. I can't let them in there. I got a load of food stored. And I'm thinking, fucking move the food then. <laughs> What's going on? So we, we, we there were little speed bumps over the course of that, but what we're used to, mm-hmm. and maybe what was an eye opener for us that some of the guys over here have to deal with with venues and stuff. And well, mention this to mention this to Steve Carino, and he was saying American indie wrestling. Yeah, man. And I was like, okay. And, and we forget that one of our big things that we've tried to do as indie wrestling promoters is try and not we don't 
we try not to run like an indie so you know we run in venues where you know you can have towels and there's showers and, and we give you drinks and right and shit yeah. yeah so you know that's not the norm everywhere and one day we'll have catering but, be, but because as well while we were over in the United States we didn't you know our show in New York was promoted by WWN our show in uh, Boston was promoted by Beyond so you know so that's yeah, we're reliant on what the standard of uh your venue or the standard yeah. of, of professionalism yeah. is here. That's yeah. not against WWE. No, no, and they both did. Good, they both did great things. Yeah, yeah. Just, but we don't. We don't even see venues until we get here because we don't have the time to come to America and just look at a venue like we can in the UK. Don't have the funds to come to America. Yeah. <laughs> we don't. I mean, if we if we could, yeah. Um, but like you know, when we when we checked out the Ritz for the first time, you right. got a train came to Manchester. You stayed in the Ritz. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we, did believe. you not? What? Believe us, <laughs> believe us. After this week, we can't afford to stay anywhere now. Um, I'm so, I'm so poor. Um, so, um, that was New York. I don't know what you're thinking. That sounds like a difficult day, but I'm sure you all had a good night's sleep and then moved on to the next thing. No, no, we didn't, dear listener. Because what happened is this: um, John Briley um, had learned from various other things we've done with other companies. We learned that the nice thing to do is to is to book a very large bus. So everyone's got two seats on the bus to stretch out because wrestlers often hurt. And then it's a... In, at, the, at night, it's probably a three-hour drive from New three, York. Three, three and a half, yeah. Yeah. Um, in the middle of the day, it's four, anywhere between four and six. So we were going to... Uh, I wasn't because I was travelling with my wife and my son. Um, but... Uh, and Glenn had a car. So it was going to be John and John's wife, Helena, and most of the talents were going to get on a bus and go from New York to Boston for our show on the Sunday. Our bus was meant to arrive at quarter past midnight. Correct. At quarter past midnight, our bus was not there. Ten to one, the bus was not yeah, there. Yeah, and we started thinking, where's the bus? So at this point, Mr. Briley rings the bus company, is put on, has to use my phone, um, rings the bus company, is put on hold for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, what transpires is, the man who's driving the bus has left the bus depot two miles away from the Elmcore Centre and has just fucked off with the bus. Um, we still don't know where he is, whether he's taken the bus to Cuba. I don't know why he's done, right? <laughs> he's got mentally Keanu Reeves. But he has, he has, he's fucked off with a bus. So if someone tries to sell you a bus, <laughs> what, how many seats was it? 49. A 49-seater bus. If anyone tries to sell you a 49-seater bus... Yeah, and then and then obviously we're in a different country and sorting out at sort of two in the morning in a fairly dodgy part of New York. Yeah. Then with with fifteen people you need and all their merch and their cases and stuff you need to transport. So we're so John it's on the idea. We'll we had enough drivers, we'll rent three seven seaters. That's enough for everybody and a bit of room and luggage and whatever, and we'll drive overnight to Boston to get to our hotel, it'll check be, in. It'll be a killer, but at least we'll be in yeah. Boston. And then everyone will be in Boston at six in the morning, yeah. obviously. And this is where I will take over the story. Yes, you take over. So we jump in a fleet of Ubers uh, and make our way to a car rental depot. We get to the car rental depot and their system is down. We cannot rent these cars. They want to rent us the cars but their system will not allow them to rent us the cars. They suggest that we wait until their system comes back online sometime between 4 and 4.30am. At this point, it's 2.30am. So there are 15 of us camped out in the car rental office 
just some of us are sleeping on the floor. Other people are playing cards or something. Just maybe where Trent Seven takes the picture of Doom. Yeah, yeah. where everyone looks <laughs> miserable apart from Tyler. Tyler, <laughs> fucking ridiculous photograph. Um, so we're all camped out in this car rental office, we're like a waiting room really, um, for two hours. We try then once the system comes back online, we try and book three seven seater vehicles using their system which is back online they will not take the booking why we don't know they didn't know i didn't know so what well, the system wouldn't it, like, this is news to me because yeah. i wasn't there so the system wouldn't accept the booking the system uh, would accept the attempt to book the car right but then would reject it not not no credit card problem or no. anything like that's madness yeah and and you can imagine how frustrated this is I'm at four thirty. This is at four thirty in the morning. Right. You can imagine how frustrated I'm getting. At you this frustrated? Stage. Yeah, what I'm talking about. Uh, who would think it? <laughs> no, I would never have thought that. <laughs> who would have thunk it? Right. See, at this point, I've gone to bed because I've gone back to my hotel room. <laughs> right? I've snuck. I've snuck into my bed, knowing that I've got to drive my wife and my son. I know my son's going to get up at six, seven in the morning. Yeah. So I've snuck into bed, thinking, brilliant. The little shit's not woke up. And everyone else is on their way and to Boston. Everyone else is on their way to Boston. I put my phone, because there's never a plug next to your fucking bed, right? <laughs> so I put my phone on charge and on silence on the other side of the room. I lie in bed, try and fall asleep. Boy wakes up. We get him in the bed with us. He spends the next three hours kicking me in the face. I keep thinking I'm going to fall asleep at some point. I don't, pretty much. I have maybe an hour's sleep. I get up about half six the next day, look at my phone, and realise that John is still not gone anywhere. And so at half six at this point we we get we tried for about another half an hour from four thirty to five to get these car reservations done. Hmm. Eventually we accept defeat. We jump in another fleet of taxis to Penn Station, which is in Manhattan. Oh, that scenes of business this week. Oh yes, and so we're in Queens. It's about. Half an hour, 35 minutes drive from Queens to Manhattan, yeah. even in the middle of the night. Yeah. So we there's a, a fleet of taxis, four of them, I think, yeah. at $80 each. Thanks. Cheers. Um, cheers, bus company, by the cheers. way. You're being sued for all of this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we make our way to Penn Station. We get there about probably, I guess, 5.30, 5.45. Um, I had a proper New York cab experience. That was fun. In zooming up Manhattan at about 400 miles an hour. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Did it go all Star Wars? It, it didn't go all Star Wars. It went all kind of every movie you've ever seen that's in Manhattan. <laughs> what it really reminded me of is that episode of Top Gear when they're driving, well, trying they're to get somewhere. Trying to get through Manhattan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no. That's exactly what it reminded me of. Anyway. Hey, I'm walking here. We get to Penn Station. Uh, I'm in the car with... Um, Ginny, who somehow is asleep, um, with Dakota, who is terrified by this driving, and my wife, Helena, um, who is, at this point, struggling with the lack of sleep and the stress. Mm -hmm. Um, We get out of the car, we walk into Penn Station, we meet up with everyone else on the concourse, and then me and Helena go to buy the tickets, the train tickets. There is a train at 7am. We're in the station at 10, this is now like 10 to 6. Yeah. There's a train at 7am. Great. 15 tickets, please. The woman looks at me like I've just asked her to shit in a bin or something. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, I so wanted a Chapter Travolta. 67. Shit in a bin. <laughs> um, and so she's like, what? I don't think our system can issue 15 tickets. <laughs> I'm just like John at this point just going, it had fucking better. Yeah. Well, I, I was just going to go... Well, Write them out. Surely we can do nine and then six. Yeah. And that would be fine. If, whatever the limit is, we'll yeah. do that and then the remainder. Yeah. Helena goes, we, we've we not had a good night at this point. <laughs> Did she go incredibly British? Yeah. Uh, listen, young lady. Well, not, not quite like that. But, she, but she's like, we've had a bit of a night. We really need this to happen. Mm. So the woman, seeing how bleary-eyed we are... Um, goes and talks to her supervisor, checks that she can issue 15 tickets. Apparently he can, so it was no issue yeah. at all. Um, I imagine they just set a limit on it yeah. for some reason or other, just to be difficult. Um, because, because, because New York. Because New York. Because New York. <laughs> Why? Because New York. Yeah. So Replacing Tony Storms because Japan. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, we uh, place the order mm-hmm. for 15 tickets. Women on the other side of the glass says... Great. Have you got your ID? I get mine out. Helena gets hers out. She says, oh, okay. And the other 13? <gasps> what? To buy a train ticket? Yeah. You're, it, not, going, you're not going to Canada. It's Amtrak, I guess, which I think is like the interstate version of, of their rail system. That's mental. So Helena runs off. At least everyone's in roughly. Just like they were going, fuck this. It's <laughs> just running off. And you've not seen her since. I fucking jogged to Boston. <laughs> um, so she goes and goes around the rest of the group, gets everyone's IDs. At this point, we have 15 driver's licenses and passports. I've seen everyone's passport photos. It's very funny. Um, so uh, it turns out she kind of needs them for the names on the ticket. Right. Because they, she types in everyone's name. Nice. I don't really know why. No. Anyway, we eventually get these fifteen tickets. Just as a, just as a fun little game, lads. How much do you think fifteen tickets to Boston? Costs? I know the answer. I don't know the answer, so I'm going to go with. How much? So, so a Boston. How long on the train? Four hours. Four hours. So a ticket to go four hours in the UK is like. It's London to Glasgow. On on the it's well, London yeah. to Newcastle. London to Newcastle, really. Yeah. So on the day is like a hundred and sixty times by fifteen is a lot of dollars. Two and a half thousand dollars. <laughs> also, hey bus company. Yeah. We're coming yeah, for we're you. We're coming for you. <laughs> we're coming for you. <laughs> Busser. <laughs> we're coming for you, bus company. Um, what's, the name of the, what's the name of the bus company or do we want to, we want to slander them just no, 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 I think, no, no, no. We, I think we should probably give them a chance to give us the compensation first yeah, yeah. stay tuned guys just you know, just, you know just catch up next week <laughs> <laughs> last time on <laughs> last time on Tuesday night job, we nearly slandered the bus company so um, we we pay this two and a half thousand dollars for 15 tickets mm-hmm. we get priority boarding because we're a group there's, nice. there's that at least to get on a train to get on a train was it busy at 7 in the morning no of course it fucking <laughs> 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> we, we get on the train on a Sunday um, morning almost everyone crashes out immediately I don't think Jimmy Havoc slept particularly well if at all um, 
it being a train, it made a few stops on the way to Boston. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the way that they announce these stops is via <laughs> over the PA system. Well, and then with Donald Duck and Darth Vader. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that then being repeated by an actual real human walking through the carriage shouting what the next stop is. So every 30, 35 minutes, everyone wakes up. Oh. Because there's a man yelling at them. Yeah. <laughs> Next stop, let's say Stanford, for argument's sake. Yeah. Just to, oh, just to rub it in. Drove past there. Hang on, conspiracy. <laughs> Good, carry on. Um, anyway, so that happens all the way to Boston. We get to Boston at 11 o'clock, jump in yet another fleet of Ubers. Yeah. A f- Flubers. A Flubers. Flubers. <laughs> I love that film. <laughs> <laughs> Ron Williams' finest work, Fluber. Fluber. Um, so rest in peace, Jerry Lewis. It was in the original. Yes, of course it was. Good shout. There we, go. um, we then, I don't know if you guys know this, we then... I'm the, finding out a lot of shit I didn't know I about said, this. The route from uh, Boston South Station yeah. to the hotel... Yeah. Um, which is in Cambridge. Which it? is in Cambridge, which yeah. is like the other bit of, the other half of Boston. Yeah. There's Cambridge just north of the river, Boston just south of the river. Yeah. They're basically the, the whole same city. Um, a, a bit like sort of Buddha and Pest make Budapest um, didn't know that I fucking hell so much so knowledge so learned um, the Uber route goes through a run like a, a, a running event <laughs> right right so we're sat there's a policeman not allowing us to move while these runners come past I did not know this yeah for 20 minutes have you ever seen Planes, Trains and Automobiles starring John Candy? You essentially started that for 24 hours. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I thought it was bad. It took me six hours to drive there from New York. So yeah, we're, we're all in this Uber. Um, Jack Gallagher's lovely fiance mm, uh, Rebecca, Rebecca uh, is doing her nut yeah. in the front seat at this point. She's so tired, she's forgotten what she's saying. Yeah. She has no control over what's coming out of her mouth. She's threatening to jump out of the car and deck the policeman. <laughs> Good at, this, at this point, she's got a fucked knee as well. Yeah. Like it would have been. And she's sight. lovely. As yeah, well. she's, she's so nice. Um, so we just sat there while all these runners come past. Eventually, we move. Mm. Um, three of the party go off to straight to Beyond Wrestling because they're booked on that show. Yeah, Which that's was... Walter, Zach Gibson, and Travis, Travis Banks. Banks. Yeah. Yes. They're all booked on that show. Which was um, a call t- time t- of t- 11. No, yeah, TK t- t- was originally booked on that show. Yes. But obviously was... Uh, well, I'll tell you where I was. Yeah, yeah, we'll come back to They all go off to beyond. They have had no sleep mm-hmm. other than 20-minute blocks on the train, yeah. maybe. Um, the rest of us, we all go to the hotel. We've got two hours, maybe, yeah. before we need to be at the venue. So some people went and got a couple of hours sleep. I didn't. Mm. I had shit to do. Yeah. Because <laughs> you always do on a show day. Yeah, of course. Um, we then make our way to the venue. I got there about half two for a three o'clock. I think you got there about half hour before yeah. me and half um, And then we do a show. And it was pretty chilled. Yeah, it was chilled. Um, Drew and, and everyone at Beyond Wrestling, great people. Yes. Uh, lovely and little venue. Lovely little venue. And that show is edited. Yeah. Um, I'm just waiting on the New York footage for yeah. those who care. Um, you should care because they're both badass shows. Yes. It's just We're telling you all the stuff that goes around a show. Um and at this point, I'd throw back to my colleague, Lynn Joseph, who is, what, 11pm? 
is it now in a, in a hospital in Queens? So we got there just before midnight. I'm going to give you the shorthand version because there's going to be more on this. No, because uh, TK just got out of surgery two hours ago. Yes. I've learned a lot this week about the uh, the medical system in uh, in the United States of America compared to the UK one, um, and uh, uh, my credit card feels very light at the moment, having uh, paid for some of the stuff. Which you know, again, that's another conversation for another time. But um, get it together, America, for fuck's sake! Um, never, never have we appreciated the NHS. Oh, Jesus And speaking of someone whose uh, whose sister works for the NHS, and the NHS is wonderful. Um, as just, always, any, just for the record, NHS has saved my life three times. Yeah, so, so that and you know, as a direct, direct example of it. Yep, I think you know we all I mean? have direct yeah. experience. Yeah, and, and I, I cannot fathom why anyone. And also, want neither can anybody in America. Well, that's the thing. Everyone we've spoken to in America <laughs> has gone. And bearing in mind, like if like, I know, there's people who didn't want Obamacare and stuff, and, and there's probably stuff we don't understand as British people that are the ins and outs of that versus other forms of healthcare or whatever. Yeah. But I think nearly everyone in America looks at our NHS and goes, yeah, I'll be happy with that. I mean, it's not dissimilar to Canada's structure, right? No, I don't know. I've never been to Canada. Really, so. I, I think Canada's got something similar. But anyway, uh, went straight to the hospital. TK went in. Uh, I think it was Ginny went back to... Uh, to get the you, bus. You know, to, <laughs> Thank God she didn't miss it. Yeah, because we. I'm so pleased we rushed that over. Yeah. Um, and then myself and Dahlia proceeded to spend the next... Oh God, eleven hour? No, yeah, eleven hours. I think in in the waiting room with uh, Dahlia popping in to see. T- about half two, they got his foot on the right way round, sort of the dislocation. Oh my God! Um, what a phrase. <laughs> uh, and then uh, he was just just lots of stuff, and it was it was like Orange is the New Black. It was fucking terrifying. Yeah. Like I've never seen so many police people in in a hospital and because you went to there's various different hospitals in the United States so we went to a public hospital in which, Queens in New York in Queens in downtown Queens yeah and there was on, on a Saturday night on a Saturday night where there were more police than there were doctors mm. and uh, actually there were more police than there were patients and there was various stories and I don't want to I'm not going to if, if TK wants to tell these stories at some point I'm not going to turn away from him but like there were two guys across from where he was lying, like screaming at each other from different cubicles because I don't know one had potentially shot the other one. Um, like you know, <laughs> it was a lot of weird shit that was going on. But anyway, like my main concern was obviously making sure that TK was okay, making sure that what he wanted to do next, because otherwise we'd have to get hotels in New York if they didn't want to go to Boston, and also Dahlia as well, because you know these are you know kind of young guys who are very tired from the day that they've just had. Yeah. Um, very emotional. Very emotional. I think we were all emotional because not only the whole New York experience was very emotional, but this was even more so to get to get her after you've just come back after we fought so hard to get them back to the UK and going you know got those visas and fucking sorted all that shit out to then have it kind of snatched away from you and uh, and I was so petrified of them not getting it. like TK got some sleep eventually uh, Dahlia fell asleep and like kind of I felt this kind of thump against my shoulder and then she dribbled down my arm which is the, the vision which will never leave me um, and I was like one of the you know when you're like I don't want to move just in case because they've got to work the next day they mm. well they were meant to work the next yeah. day uh, so eventually we leave at about I don't know, half eight nine o'clock uh, in the morning uh, and boot it to Boston in my hire car um, 
basically powered by uh, Dunkin' Donuts coffee and the Spice Girls. Because fortunately, TK was so out of it. Is that, that a new flavour? He was just... <laughs> it's like French vanilla. It just <laughs> tastes so sweet. Um, uh, again, TK's asleep in the back. And uh, me, me and Liv and Dahlia are just singing along to the Spice Girls in the front. Shout out to Dunkin' Donuts, by the way. If you ever go to Massachusetts, there is one roughly every ten yards. That's um, <laughs> like Greg. True. Greg's in Newcastle. In Boston, the centre of Boston, there's one on every block. There is so many. I became chemically addicted to uh, Dunkin' Donuts frozen hot chocolate, which is... People go, well, surely it's a chocolate milkshake. No, it isn't. Um... It isn't, mate. Okay. It isn't. It involves hot chocolate powder. It's great. Um, in here in Orlando Airport, there is a Dunkin' Donuts. There is no frozen hot chocolate on the menu. So I asked them Have to make me off one. Menu? I went off menu. Gosh. They served me it. Like diners, drive-ins and dives. Yes, it is. But I don't wear my sunglasses on the back of my head because I'm not a belly. <laughs> um, you leave Guy Fieri alone. <laughs> Never. Um, so um, we've then had like, the Boston show was great. Um, Just to finish more- up, by the way. We didn't get any sleep. Yeah, what time did you get to Boston? We got to Boston an hour, an hour and a half before showtime. Did, yeah. did you go to the hotel first? So I went to the hotel, valet parked it because I didn't care how much it cost. Yeah. Uh, we went to bed for, I don't know, half an hour, an hour, whatever, and then went straight to the Boston show where um, we, ch- we changed a couple of things around. Um, and we, again, we had people like, like Jeff Cobb stepped in. Yep, but Jeff, yeah. Cobb, Jeff Cobb stepped in on the day because obviously we lost TK the day before. Yeah. Uh, we changed the planned uh, women's matches yeah. from two singles to a three-way. Yeah. Um, uh, Martin Stone had very kindly agreed to step in once we yeah. knew that Pete was off the show. Oh, yeah. We were delighted to have Martin, Martin on the show because Martin's we the boy, love yeah. him. Um, uh, it was uh, and, and thank you for both saying, Glenn, don't do commentary today. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So, spoilers, when you listen to it, like, Glenn's pretending he's there, but he's not. Yeah. So just, you know, let show him in. Guess what? I'm doing that 10 minutes after this finishes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, And then, so, I I booked a holiday with my wife and my son, which I I went on and then didn't really relax much because I was too worried about everything that was going on. And John did the same. Whilst Glenn, um, because Glenn's a good egg, Glenn went and, and... And Glenn's also out of the three of us the closest to TK and Dahlia. Yeah. Um, We're all friends with them, but, but, you know, Glenn's certainly the closest to them. So Glenn, um, as he was travelling alone, Glenn went and sorted out their situation there, which meant Glenn has spent most of the last week in New York hmm. dealing... I mean, what you no, wanted no, to, your, your plan was originally to go and watch loads of... Loads of so so we had what we called the Broadway car. That, yeah. That's why I had a rental car, which was the, uh, myself... Uh, Dahlia, TK and Ginny that were going to go and explore like, and enjoy New York and go, maybe go and see a show or whatever um, because I, I've never been to as, as a theatre actor Broadway's like Mecca Do you know mm. it's like the, the and uh, everyone knows about like if they've listened to you know the Facebook Feministas thing again or know like me and, and Dahlia are on, like, on social media we both come from a musical theatre background so we really wanted to like appreciate you know, Broadway and, and New York and it, what didn't exactly? I mean, I, I spent most of the, the the few days pushing TK around in a, in a wheelchair around Manhattan, which, by the way, not fucking wheelchair friendly. We, <laughs> Mate, we I tried to push a buggy around it with my son in it. Not buggy friendly <laughs> either. We started to rate, you know, when you get to like the the, um, the curb yeah. and you have a ramp up. We just give each one a rating as we went up it. Yeah, depending on how, how awful it was. But you had to do a lot of the. You had but to yes, do a I, lot of the medical admin. Yeah, yeah. so I, I was in and out with uh, with. TK like sorting out the the bills and sorting out and just even understanding how it works because 
you don't just pay one bit. Like when you have medical insurance, or even if you pay privately, like Booper or whoever, you just pay a bill and that's it, and it covers all of your expenses and it explains what is itemized. There's fucking different departments for different people. So you don't pay for an operation. You pay for the operating room and the equipment in it. Then you pay the doctor separately. Now, those two companies that run that run entirely separately. So you have to go to different parts of the building. And I've got to be honest, considering how stressed out they were already, if I was in a foreign country and had broken my ankle and just given my comeback, or in like Dahlia's position, knowing that they're just about to move into their new place in London, like... and they've spent a lot more money than they needed to because they've been trying to look after themselves in New York, which we've learned is not a cheap city. It's it's the most expensive place I've ever seen. It's just been. a cash vacuum. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, uh, eventually, so now, like, obviously I had to fly to Orlando. I, I felt incredibly guilty leaving them there, but they're staying with family in New Jersey. Uh, but the whole experience was kind of like as a, as a wrestling promoter from that point of view was the first time where I've gone you know it doesn't really matter about how much it was costing it was more about if I was a performer and I was in this position and this is why like again you know our, our talent are our friends we want mm. to look after them I could not have in good conscience but, no, but and if you hadn't done it one of us two would have done it that's yeah. how it works Bill, you guys con- you guys had holidays booked as well and like but, but the, if you weren't here so when we came to Orlando you weren't with us yeah if that had happened there what if you would have had to give it up holiday, it yeah, of course. The, the whole point is anyone who works for our company we're going to look after because that's what we do um, and it's important to us to be perceived like that and also as well What's been nice when people have been coming up to us over the course of this past weekend, people inside the industry have, been, have known that TK's got hurt, but have also, everyone's found it really cool that we've looked after him, because you forget that there are plenty of independent wrestling promoters out there who would not have done that. Yes, and that's been made clear to us, and what was lovely as well is that when we uh, when we had the opportunity to watch TakeOver, and when we had the opportunity to watch SummerSlam, and for those people that we, we know in the business... There were people who were very, very highly ranked who were saying, oh, do pass on my best wishes to TK. Yeah. And I'm like, that's awesome. And just that people even knew about it. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, an ex-alum, alumnus of, of Progress, you know, Samoa Joe. Like, one of the first things he said was, oh, yeah, I heard your, 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 your Kiwi lad got hurt. It was some of my best wishes to him. Well, he didn't know his name, but, you know. Sorry, but, TK, all the best. But it's still nice that you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's still nice that you know. Yeah. So, um, so then what we did, and, and there, there will be more we will, you will learn more about our American experience in, in due course I'm sure because we've given you the short version of it um, <laughs> I'm writing a book it's essentially now the book um, it's not um, uh, but it was it was stressful it was once we take away because not every time we do a show is it going to be that stressful this was a this is a hopefully a one off the next time we know we're definitely in America is over the course of WrestleMania, WrestleMania weekend, weekend when we'll be in New Orleans 6th and 7th of April Thanks 2018 uh, when the tickets go on sale don't know no me neither people keep asking me um, but we'll be doing a show uh, when we do know we won't keep quiet about it yeah, don't we'll, worry we'll fucking bang on about it <laughs> um, but hopefully you know if we can and we, we're going to try and do the shows early afternoon again aren't we so yes yeah, so they'll do them early afternoon again. Similar, similar to this year. Yeah, and the Friday and the Saturday. Friday so and you, Saturday. You'll still be able to go to Hall of Fame, you'll still be able to go to TakeOver, etc. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just come and see us while you're doing all the other cool stuff. Um, 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. So speaking of WWE, um, we, um, we then went to TakeOver, which was nice. We then went to SummerSlam, which was nice. Yes. Um, WWE have been very nice to us and have given us that opportunity, which is lovely of them. So... Um, I tweeted this the other day and it got retweeted a lot so it means a lot of people probably agree with it I think um, and I know people are going to go what about Dominion this year or what about this, this mm-hmm. show on the G1 or whatever and you're totally fine but I've watched very little New Japan this year apart from I've actually watched more than you yeah I know you have apart from Wrestle Kingdom which I absolutely adored but in terms of god those last four or five matches of yeah the last four or five matches of Wrestle Kingdom are brilliant but not all of the show is is tremendous all the show is very good yep. not all of the show is tremendous all of TakeOver, all five matches on TakeOver, and the thing at the end are absolutely tremendous. Also, the pre-show. The pre-show also... Yeah, let's, just, talk, let's quickly talk about the pre-show, shall we? Um, the yeah, pre-show's on... Oh, um, let's shoot on this in. Right, so... Um, <laughs> this will probably be the last progress mentioned for a while. Yeah, it will. Yeah. But, um, Promise. So Don't there were three pre-show matches at TakeOver, because what they always do is they record the TV show for that week. So it's this Wednesday's TV show. So... Um, when you're listening to this, it's going out tonight on the WWE Network. Yep. Um, and there were three. There were three. Well, there was there was two matches and two and a uh, half matches. Two and a half matches. I'm not going to spoil the rest of it. But one of the matches, the main event, was uh, Pete Dunne and Wolfgang versus Tyler Bate and Trent Seven. Yep. Obviously, WWE canon is different to our canon. Um, but during that match, um, first of all, and this is the thing that we're genuinely the most excited about is. American wrestling fans were chanting UK as soon as everybody was out there. That's amazing. And then the UK chant subsided. And out of the, I think, 11,500 people that were there, at least half of them chanted, this is progress. And we lost our minds. Um, it, was, uh, it was like you two were watching from, from somewhere. Yeah. Um, I was in the arena um, because I, was, I wanted to sample the atmosphere before joining my colleagues in mm. uh, somewhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what now? No, just like saying conspiracy whenever we talk about WWE. Put your hard arms away, boys. <laughs> um, um, so I was in the arena. It was absolutely mind blowing. Yeah, 
yeah, I mean, yeah, because I wasn't in the arena and I heard it and lost my absolute mind. And the best bit is, is how many other people came up to me and went, do you hear that? And it was like, because all four lads in the match yeah. it, it mentioned it to me, and including Wolfgang, who we really like, but it's never worked for us. But, you know, yet. He's, not yet, but he's, he's great. And he made a point of saying it. But the three lads who worked for us were all like, <laughs> um, yeah, I am. Um, yeah, I, I kind of just stood and looked around the whole arena, at people chanting, "This is prog- uh, yeah, this is this is progress. progress rather than progress." And we don't. And do you know what, New York? It's don't fine. give a shit if you pronounce it that no. way. If you do it in as those long numbers, as you saying it, say it how you want. <laughs> do what you want, guys. And it doesn't matter. If it was on the pre-show. Do what you want, guys. We're not bothered. It was one of the most. Surreal moments. Did you I cheer think. up, John? A little bit, yeah. Did your little robot eyes tear yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> I then had to go and find some WD forty. <laughs> Just a little drop of oil, <laughs> <laughs> so that I could blink. Um, but genuinely, I, I tweeted it. I tweeted it at the time, and I also tweeted it from the company account after the show. Um, that it, it's lovely that that happened because it feels like for all of our problems that we've had. That New York has taken us to heart, and that's it's. A, we know it's a city that you know the fans have a reputation for being difficult. We've not seen that. The fans have been awesome to us. We've had bad luck outside of what the fans have done, but that it kind of it made all, a lot of the struggle worthwhile. Just that one little chant and how it made us feel. So it, it was it, also very nice to be in that place and just slowly see like. There's an episode of Family Guy where Brian says something and Stewie turns really like slowly to him with his head to one side <laughs> yeah. and everyone will know the reference. Like He does it yeah, kind of sideways on. Yeah. And it was almost like we were just sat watching and you could just feel the heads slowly start <laughs> to move we around. Have, we, have a, we have a WhatsApp group and the what uh, in the WhatsApp group... Just to be clear, the three of us. The, the three WhatsApp, of us, yeah. yeah. Um, and in the WhatsApp group... John had messaged us. Glenn only ever messages to say he's two minutes away. Yeah. But John had when, I'm, mess- when, I'm, when I'm ten minutes away. <laughs> when you're ten minutes away, yeah. Um, John had messaged us to go... <laughs> John had messaged... <laughs> so, so John had messaged us to go, did you hear that this is progress, Chance? And we were, I went, yeah. <laughs> Glenn went, yeah, everybody heard it, mate. It's pretty obvious. And it was... It, it like blew our minds. Yeah. And from that point onwards, I didn't... Like and again, I was happy with that, but I was happy with those. I was happy with the Mustache Mountain champ for, for Trent and yeah, Tyler. Happy, and the reactions the boys got when they came out. Amazing. Yeah. Like, the, like the reaction Pete got when he came out was as loud as anyone got, apart from spoiler Adam Cole. Yeah, which is his full name. Yeah, um, <laughs> spoiler. Yeah. He's the spoiler Don Jardine. Not like the cleaner Kenny Omega. The spoiler <laughs> Adam Cole. Um, he just uh, goes around. On a Bullet time. Club note, we did go into a hot topic to see how many bu- uh, Bullet Club t-shirts were left. We did. And you checked how many Marty Skull t-shirts were left. Which I, was. I think it was there was there was two and, and like and they were all like massive. Yeah, they're like tents. Yeah, which I imagine would have gone. For we it. went in Dick Sporting Goods. We didn't tell you this. We were in Dick Sporting Goods yesterday. He's talking and, to me, listener. Yeah, and there's, there's <laughs> sorry, listener, dear listener, the, the, and there's an, air, an area that sells tents, isn't there? Oh. <laughs> Right, this is fucking brilliant. Right, so in Florida Mall, there's a place called Dick's Sporting Goods that sells sporting goods. You can buy guns and fishing rods and American football shirts. It's great, right? Just for clarity, gun and shooting is not a sport. Clay Pigeon. Oh, Clay Pigeon. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliantly, I set myself up there to be corrected, but Glenn's inability to talk has completely nullified it. So... But, but one of the aisles there sells tents 
And the way they show you the tents is they've made tiny models, scale models of the tents. Right. Like, I, I then didn't want a big, massive six-person tent. Want I wanted the tiny scale model of the tent. For your son? Yeah, for yeah. my son. No, 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 or for a hamster. Yeah. Oh, then that's one. <laughs> um, no, they're, they're, they're big enough that a decent rabbit could have a run around. <laughs> a decent rabbit. <laughs> not, a, not a jerk not, rabbit. Not a shit rabbit. <laughs> oh, God. Um, to take over. We're not going to talk about the pre-show because that's spoilers for TV. So we've told you the bit that we needed to tell you, which was, if you channel This Is Progress, cheers. Genuinely, thank you. If, yeah, if you joined that or you came to the show and you're a New York Northeast wrestling fan, yeah, we'll be back. Oh yeah, we'll be back. Uh, just you know, just just keep knocking on the Hammerstein ballroom's door until. Oh, there's there. that word, Hammerstein. Yeah. yeah, we've been told it's dead expensive. Um, yeah, but I I'm only I'm nearly forty. I've only got one life, so I want to stand in the middle of the Hammerstein ballroom. I want to throw a John Cena t-shirt into the audience and have someone throw it back at me. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, so we watched Takeover, which I tweeted at the time is top to bottom one of my favourite shows because there's five matches on Takeover and they're all dead good. Like I, 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 there's no, there's nothing I can say to to be negative about the five matches that we saw. I, I wasn't initially massively excited about uh, Andrade Cien Almas against uh, Johnny Gargano, right. and I watched and about ten minutes into that match. I was nudging Glenn saying, this is absolutely tremendous. It was absolutely brilliant. And I, I've been banging on to you guys for, and, and on this podcast for a while that I think Almas has got a huge upside and I think he could be the next Eddie Guerrero and now putting him with a manager. Yes, it, has, it does seem to have made a, a big difference. Um, yeah, you, it's hard to say enough good things about this match. It, it was great. Um, uh, Zelina Vega is... Uh, is um, uh, Andrade Almas' yeah. manager and, and it's brilliant because how they've done it is it's not uh, and she's a very beautiful lady but the way that she's the way that she's been positioned as his manager is she's clever and he's an idiot yep because that's what they've been doing with him for ages he's just he likes drinking and partying and whatever and she's there to keep him in line and she's his business manager which is again showing you how wrestling has moved on in the last decade very much so yeah you know I, I think um, I I genuinely think she's she's great um, and, and I think it's hopefully going to lead to really cool things for him but if you look at this card and you look at how TakeOver went down there's so many people you're like who's the next yeah. who's the next big thing there yeah absolutely like the end of the show obviously positioned are we, can we do, are we doing spoilers yeah we can do yeah, most people will watch it by now it's fine um, I always do a spoiler warning so the end of the show had uh, Adam Cole plus uh, the two members of Red Dragon yeah. positioned as as top players coming out of the show mm. um, but I mean and obviously a new champion yep but Rude will presumably still be up around the top of the card um, Gargano even though he lost uh, showed he's an incredible singles wrestler not just a tag team mm. uh, specialist how must look great I know you know he's, he has a questionable win-loss record on the bigger shows yeah, but he's, he, I, I think there's. You look at Almas, and that was Almas being able to do. That was more what he was in Mexico before he came to NXT. Yeah, and I, he's, that, I cannot stress this enough. He's so good. He is. So, and we've watched him a lot over the last year. Yeah. Um, when we've seen him at NXT house shows. And also, when he puts. He, he wears. He's wearing all white gear. Um, so he's wearing all. Yeah, very spiffy. Yeah. He's wearing all, um, all white gear, which looks great. But. 
he and also he's not got the suspended because he used to come out in trousers and have to take yeah, his trousers never... off which felt a bit weird but his black gear that we saw him wear on some of the NXT house shows that we saw he looks really terrifying yeah. and he's you know he, he's got really really good pedigree in because he was La Sombra in, in Mexico and he you know was great in Mexico and now it looks like he's finding his stride there and putting him in the manager is brilliant and they, I, I saw a few people saying Oh, I can't believe Johnny Gargano lost, but there was a reason for him losing, and it's it, it's it's Tommaso Ciampa being in his head. So think of the longer storyline here, which is going to have a tremendous payoff when Tommaso Ciampa's back from injury, because you've got that feud ready made. Because that's my favourite one. Of my, I've said this on the podcast before. One of my favourite ever heel turns, ever. That shot of him mm-hmm. with Johnny's head in his hands, just almost apologising to him for doing what he's done, is one of the best shots I've seen in wrestling in a, a long time. It was a uh, it was a lovely moment as well. I don't know whether you discussed this while I stepped away for a moment, but um, with the t-shirt, yeah, it was great. Was it makes sense. And it means it's, it's lovely because I will happily watch this for six months. Like I, I'm so invested it's in it. Chumper being a Be- Gargano's head, yeah, and and but also anybody that Gargano's feuding with, allowing knowing that that's the chink in his armor and using it so that what they're doing is they're embellishing a storyline that's going to run for God knows how long afterwards, while also allowing Gargano to lose matches while everybody else gets a nice rub off him by alluding to Champa. I mean it's it's a win for, from a writing perspective, it's win win from, from yeah, all sides. Um second match, um and I remember I think I nudged Glenn and went, oh, it's gonna be difficult following that. And <laughs> yeah. every, it's like everyone on the show went, Right everyone um, went, hold my drink <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the Pino now. Um, uh, so um uh, the Authors of Pain lost their NXT Tag Team titles. I really like the Authors of Pain. I've said this before. Um, I love their ring gear that they came out in. Oh, uh, with all the the Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtle did have Ninja Turtle helmets, <laughs> but but like the the camouflage and the netting and stuff like that because they are frightening looking dudes. Yes, they um, are. And um, having them come out like that was really cool. I don't think anyone expected a title change because they looked so dominant. What was great about that match was it was an absolute war. And also, Sanity used their numbers to their advantage, obviously, with Nikki getting involved with the match starting what people thought with Killian yep. and Alexander Wolf. Yeah, which is, that was a great start. It was, yeah. a gr- again, very, very clever. I love Eric Young. Mm-hmm. I think Eric Young is fantastic. Um, he has one of the best speaking voices I have ever heard in my life and could hear him talk forever. Um, in the morning when he speaks, though, you have to lower yourself yeah. below him because he rumbles and you have yeah, to. He's oh, got a raspy speaking voice. Anyone familiar with the music of a man called uh, Tom Sensor? Uh, Eric Young sounds like Tom Sensor sings I'm going to look this up Um, I'm also delighted for someone that we've got to know quite well this year in Alexander Wolfe who is I I said this to Glenn I said watch all the stuff and I think I've said this on the podcast before whenever you watch a sanity match watch all the stuff Alexander Wolfe does when he doesn't think you're looking because he's constantly in character all the stuff he does the spinning around he does in the ring his facial expressions everything And, and and he's not he, this is all stuff he's learned since he's been in WWE people he, he was a very good wrestler when he was in WXW yes but he was not at this level of character and this this he, he, he just feels fully formed now and the great thing about Sanity is is they're all individual characters they're all really really interesting um, and their dynamic within all four of them is great yeah. the big spot they did at the end of this yeah, match with really Nikki. Good. Nikki being caught by <laughs> by one of our orders of pain, and then the crossbody through the table was brutal. And then the match was brilliant anyway. And there's a title switch, and then fucking Red Dragon come out. <laughs> and all this shit. Um, you, s- you said to me before 
for the match, just to, 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 to expand very quickly on that Wolf thing, that like, anyone who's listened to, to the interviews I do for Progress, do for, like, for, for anything else, knows that the, the little things, and that's what you mm. said to me. You gave me a note and went, just watch Wolf the, the entirety of this match because watch the little things he does. Sanity, as his individual performers, uh, like they're all fantastic because they are fully committed. And this is something for anyone who's a young wrestler, anybody who's a, 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 a wrestler who's maybe going, oh, I don't really know what to do. They, it doesn't matter what your character is. If you are fully 100% committed to it, like Sanity are, which is a stable that could fail if people weren't, if people started playing wrestler instead of being wrestler, they are so committed to what they're doing. And I was absolutely, like, the first time I've watched a Sanity match, I've been like, they are fucking incredible. Like, mm. I knew they were good, but that, that's... Because obviously we've done a bit more of, of seeing the NXT house shows and this year while you've been... Well, I've been away, yeah, yeah. Away. And, and every time we've watched them, we've gone, God, they... And we knew Damo was good, because he'd worked for us. But this is very different to what he did for us in his yeah. character. Yeah, but Nikki had worked for us as well, but yeah. she was like the little spitfire, and now she's like you don't. But for a second, you can't take your eyes off her because yeah. she's constantly working. One of my favourite matches of this year was when the NXT TV tapings that we went to in June, where um, Nikki wrestled Asuka in a in a last woman standing, last woman standing match, which oh was gosh. absolutely brutal under tremendous tremendous like, that was the main event of that taping as yeah, well yeah it was right. the main event and it deserved to be because yep. it was absolutely out of this world yeah um, uh, but Nikki again is a prime example somebody who's fully committed to what they're doing yeah. like her taking the, the table bump and, la- and like laughing on the floor and even even today like we're just, just chatting to her and she goes is that too much does that does, that feels like too much I, I shouldn't do that should I'm like Look at what everybody else knows sells <laughs> in the world of wrestling. If it's yeah. it, if you're fully committed to it and it's your character, then that sort of stuff makes sense. And they they were so good. I was I was blown away by the match. And of course the, the, the red dragon, the whole red dragon. Jesus. Um, also, credit to the authors of pain because it's it's all well and good being a big dude who beats people up, which is what the authors of pain's gimmick is. Yeah. And Paul Ellering plays his part in this as well, but. That meant for that that match to be as good as it was. They still needed they needed to sell and they needed to do that. They, you know they couldn't look just invincible in that match. And that's again what makes it so good is is they've grown as performers. Yeah, they've always been good, but they've grown really grown as performers over the last year. So and quick question then: Do you think Sanity again shades of grey? But a Sanity babyface is yes or no answer? Yes. Yes. In today's wrestling climate, yes, they are. Got it. Um, all there's a pain on a million miles off of being on because they're just cool to watch um, well, you know, it's, it's hard to make proper so, sometimes just being good at your job can turn your baby face yeah. man. you're right um, and then we were like oh worn out I mean what's next <sighs> oh Alistair Black against Hideo Itami with a live band with a, with uh, with uh, Code Orange who I enjoy very much uh, playing them uh, what's unusual is because is I've had to explain this to people Code Orange don't play Alistair Black's um, entrance music uh, Incendiary do, uh, but Incendiary's lead singer was part of it, and and it was Cody Incendiary or something. Yeah, it was, su- nice. it, was it was such a cool moment because I know that Alistair Black is, is friends with Code Orange, and he's a big fan of them. And he's a big fan of Incendiary, and I know that it meant a lot to him to have them play it. But also, I think they really enjoyed it because oh, yeah. often often bands at big shows don't necessarily make sense, and here it felt that it fit. It really fit, um, and I think again it's something I nudge Glenn and said it's like this is like. It's an indie wrestling dream match because if you take Alistair Black or his former character Tommy End and you take Hideo Itami or his former character Kenta 
and yeah. you just it's like oh this is happening this is happening on a WWE show yeah that's brilliant and and again how much of that match have cost <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> <laughs> but that it, it was again it was fantastic and it was fantastic it was hard hitting and it was everything that you would want it to be which is two guys who are based mainly around kicks and hard strikes kicking the living daylights out of each other as, yeah. as Alistair Black's nose showed yeah. very early on in the match but it was it, again it was everything I wanted it to be you know um, I, I'm happy as well that I know Alistair Black got a bit of a nosebleed out of it but I don't think he broke anything or no. anything like that I think it's just one of those things and, and no one got no one got hurt but the match was great and the match the match was believable and again it really put over the fact that the black mass kills you hmm. so you know uh, uh, and, 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 do you know what Tommy was in a bit of a like, and then boom it looked like Derek yeah. was having a lot of fun as well hmm. I mean again you know, upon the, the well I mean, this isn't the, in character in canon whatever but like he did look like he was really enjoying wrestling somebody who was a similar style to him. Yeah. And two guys who, you know, like... And someone who, in, in, in Alistair Black's case, someone who has worked in Japan. Yeah, absolutely. And is fairly obsessed with Japanese wrestling. I know that, that um, you know, we know Alistair pretty well. He's yeah, been sure. a guest on this podcast. And, and I know that he loves his Japanese wrestling. He obviously is a trained kickboxer, as, mm-hmm. is, as is Hideo Itami. And just, it was a joy. It was so it was, good. It was really nice to just see two two guys who, I mean, th- th- there was a story coming into it, mm. um, but to it's the and it, takeover felt like the circus as well. Although it was what I would call independent style mm. professional wrestling, there was still every match was fundamentally different. Yeah, even though everybody was going out there and having worldies yeah. which very rarely can people get that balance right and it's why TakeOver stands up as such a good show I think mm. um, so I, I tweeted last week that I was incredibly excited about Alistair Black and Hideo Itami mm-hmm. um, which is so, so good that the matches that I still expected to be good but delivered even more than I expected that's yep. why that's so cool uh, then we had the women's title match the NXT women's title match which was Asuka against Ember Moon um, which I was super excited by because I think they're both great. Now, you obviously have done the NXT thing over here before. Yes. I mean, by over here, I mean Orlando and the, the, the Loop. So you know the guys better than I do. Yes. See, I didn't, I didn't know Ember Moon at all, really, apart from NXT TV and what I'd seen and the, the finish. And yeah. So when, when I met her and saw what an affable human being she was and just the, the loveliest is. ball of, like, she is um, tremendous. I, I, I've asked her if she can do Tuesday Night Joe at some point, and it's it was always slightly more difficult with anyone who's contracted to WWE. But um, yeah, if you can I, get Regal on, I'm, I'm hoping <laughs> I'm hoping I can get Ember Moon on because she is her outlook on wrestling is really really good. But she she loves wrestling. Yeah, and I I think Asuka is tremendous, mm-hmm. and I think the build for this match. Every match on this sh- on this show was was built well, but the build for this match was built so well. And I, the thing I love about Asuka is Asuka is both a heel and a babyface. She's not been—I don't think she's been told to be either. Is that why? You, is that why you like the build so much? Because because it showed her. Because again, doesn't speak tons and tons of English. Yeah. And what it showed is when they were doing like the contract signing and stuff. She turns mm-hmm. up in a suit. She and she's got a big smile on her face. Slaps Ember, and mm-hmm. and, and it's like. She she looks like it, it, there's elements of what she does as a female wrestler that reminds me of 
wrestlers I love from Japan like Kenta Kabashi. Mm-hmm. Like, like just you don't need to say a lot, and you don't need to. But when she smiles, she can either smile and people can go, "Yay, there's Asuka," or people can go, "Fuck, she's terrifying." There's like, something she she does when she when she takes the mask off and bites it. Yeah, um, and it's it's it's, it's almost like. It's there's something kind of visceral about it. It's quite sensual in the way she does it she as well, just, which is like it. She she adds a kind of and I didn't appreciate this until I really like watched this match very carefully. Is that there's a a kind of broken sexuality to Asuka as well, which you know like the gear's funny. She's outlandish. She's got multicolored hair, but there's something quite animalistic about her, and she doesn't need to speak a lot of English no. because the way she presents herself and like her, her, the way she is kind of she acts like a heel but she's never actually fully been presented as one she, she occasionally does she occasionally takes a shortcut but she's not a massive she, she's pulled the referee in the way a couple of times yeah but she takes a shortcut because she wants to win matches she doesn't take a shortcut because she's a piece of shit no and also she's now got the longest undefeated streak in, um, in modern non-expansion era uh, so yeah, modern. Has she beaten Goldberg? <laughs> yeah, she, her, her undefeated streak is longer than Goldberg. Yeah. Fabulous. Um, uh, in terms of number of days, it's right. longer than Goldberg. And also, no sold a fucking broken collarbone. Oh yeah, because that's something that was revealed by WWE today is that she broke a collarbone in that match, um, which is not a work, not a work. Um, just fucking walked back there and went, "Thank you very much, thank you very much." Must have gone back to that curtain and went. You know, I think there's something wrong with my chest. <laughs> Fucking incredible, man. Uh, She's gutsy. But I... So this is something that I managed to say to Ember today, which is cool. And that is that I... a lot of When I was tape trading, a lot of the matches I used to love were from mid-90s All Japan Women's Wrestling. So when Ayakong know, and uh, Manami Toyota and, 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 and those guys were inventing most of the moves in indie wrestling today... And were having five star matches left, right, and centre. The, the hottest wrestling in in the nineties was all Japan men's and all Japan women's. They were both tremendous. And I genuinely think this is the closest thing we've had to a, an all an all Japan women's match from that time. Like it's so good. Mm-hmm. Like I would I would watch this match again. I, when I I don't think my wife's seen it yet. So when I get home, I'll watch it with her again because I, I I'll watch this match again and again and again and again. And I know people are going to say, yeah, but it's not. It's one of my favourite matches of the year. And people will say, well, it's not as good as Okada Omega, is it? Well, maybe not. But for how much stuff they for how much stuff they packed into 14 minutes, 50 seconds, for how much... I'll go for a minute. Which is good. I've got Wikipedia in front of me. Right, but for how much they packed into nearly 15 minutes, for the build of it, for the emotion of it, and for the three little transition moves at the end before Ember taps out. Yeah. Because I was, I, I had hold of his arm. I, <laughs> yeah, 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 I exactly. was like, I was like, fucking look at this, look at it. And I was talking to, um, I was talking to Dakota Kai, and she was saying that she was watching it with a load of, uh, of other girls from the, the performance center, and they were all leaning forwards yeah, when man. the when the finish was happening, going what? Because well, it, so just, yeah, it I mean, felt it was such a good match, um, and on a show that just kept getting better and better. And it just well, yeah, Oscar is the is the um. The the rainy champion being a bit a bit choke me daddy yeah. and then Ember Moon being kind of like the like she had her family there they yeah. showed the, the bits beforehand it felt like this is big it had it had that proper even when it started and bear in mind I'm I, I wasn't as up to date with with like Ember story it, I think it was the the best I think it was the the in terms of the hype going in I know there was there was a lot of hype about the main event as well because obviously it's for both the, the titles but I think 
in terms of the the overall hype for the show, mm. it felt like it was the most hype match on the card, and it felt because they've been building it for a long time, and there's legitimate stuff mm. there, like you know, Ember Moon did get injured in a match with her, and, and yeah, it, yeah, sure. it all made a lot of sense. It, it I, I think it's one of those matches that you'll go back and watch again in five years, and will appreciate because it's it's fantastic. For 15 minutes, I, I don't think they could have packed much more into it. It was, it was genuinely really. And the, the last, the last 30 seconds before the submission are just wonderful how they're put together. Um, and you can hear that the crowd. I mean, the crowd for Takeover were nuts all night, but the crowd was so into it. And again, shows how wrestling has changed in the last decade. Yeah. In that the crowd were as into that as they were any other match. Yeah. And back in the day. People wouldn't be as into that, for, you know. For a women's match, it just wouldn't have happened. And, and, and I'm I'm happy we live in these times, and not 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 ten years ago. Um, to the main, um, the main was still great, right? The main, the main was a, John said before there was a title change. Drew McIntyre um, beat Bobby Roode again from something that I'm the first to put my hand up and say. A year ago, if you'd have asked me my opinion of Bobby Roode, I would have gone, oh, he's solid. Um, but not spectacular that was my opinion a year ago because I'd not seen loads of him I don't watch lots of TNA and I've not seen tons of him and I remember Chris Brooker saying to me you're wrong he's really good and I remember thinking okay and then because of all the NXT shows we've watched this year including house shows where he goes out and and he's the best professional wrestler in terms of how professional he is about everything that he does everything that he does to make other people better around him everything that he does to, to make a television product work he is absolutely amazing and yep. his title reign has been genuinely good for him um, and, and I'm excited to see what the future holds for him and I'm excited to see what the future holds for for Drew McIntyre yeah, because absolutely. it's great that Drew has got it's great that Drew's got a title now and it's great that he's it's a great story it is a great story and the video they put out of, of you know his, his comeback and everything <clears> is, <throat> is tremendous and if that wasn't enough because the match is great yep if that wasn't enough and and I genuinely, you know, as someone who's a bit, I didn't know who's winning. Like, didn't know, I had no idea. And I was watching it, and like, and then when Drew won, I was like, holy, holy shit, this is great. And then, and then Red Dragon come in and do stuff, and then fucking Adam Cole debuts, and my mind was blown. Um, uh, so it it was. Can we expand on the Adam Cole thing in a second? I just want to quickly jump back to the Bobby Roode thing because I I, I watch a lot of TNA, mm. um, and I was always a big fan of James Storm, a big fan of Beer Money, and. At first, I was a bit cold on Bobby Roode, uh, and then started to watch more and more of his stuff and realised how, how good he was. All the way from we're talking about when Team Canada was a thing, and like you know, you had Pete Williams and fucking Bobby Roode, uh, and yeah, um, there's I don't know, Bobby all of a sudden clicked with me in in in, in TNA, and when he when he got signed, I thought, is he a bit Bland, and is he a bit kind of like, I don't know, characterless? Because he doesn't have one of those gimmicks. His gimmick is that he's a great wrestler and a great talker, but he is, a, I felt like a utility man. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? He was like, I'm not going to compare him to John O'Shea, but you know, like he was, you know, he could play in a lot he's of the better centre back. Than yeah, John O'Shea. exactly. He probably is. Yeah, probably. You know, and his legs aren't made of gingerbread. Um, so he could play in a lot of positions and, and Bobby could kind of do everything but I never saw what spot he was and then he got this music and I remember talking about it I think it was to you at the time and going he's he's actively fighting against this music because mm. the music's so over and 
I think one of the things I took away from this this weekend and something that is going to stay with me now for anything that we do in the future is how important just the drop of music and lights is in a live environment mm. and I think that a lot of like wrestling promoters maybe over the years particularly in Britain have gone ah that'll do or everyone comes out to Papercut by Linkin Park do you know what I mean <laughs> like which is you know although it's a great song fucking there's only oh, no, show. copyright yeah in it um, so so um, He's got this brilliant theme, then, like Gargano and Champa did the, like, the viral stuff, and it all got over. And so, as as a heel, he's coming out to this music, which is incredibly over, and everybody wants to get in with. And it was the subtleties of you watch his entrance again, and watch when he does put his arms up and when he doesn't, because there's nothing worse than you as a fan getting mugged off by a wrestler it's kind of like if Fergal went down every time it hit the, the, the beat where the white lights go up and everybody threw their arms up in the air and he looked around like what are you doing and that's how Bobby kind of deals with it is he, he takes it to start with and again me the little things and the music and theatre he walks down and then one time when it got to the glorious and everyone did it and he just went he just he moved his arms two inches and then put them back down again so that he mugged everyone off and everybody went ah. Oh. And it was just the heel taking something away from the fans. And it's a lovely little moment to, in order for him to go, no, this is my position. However much you like my music and however much you want to get into it, I'm still going to be in the position where I'm in power. And it was uh, it, I, a little something. I didn't notice that. That's, that's proper theatre I, I hadn't noticed yeah. that. He, I, what I noticed when we watched him do like four house shows in a row is that he's got his entrance is so perfect. And... Um, during the house show run we saw him do hard hitting indie style matches we saw him do sports entertainment style matches he did everything with the most enthusiasm and bearing in mind you know no disrespect he's, he's, a, he's a little bit older than a lot of people coming through the performance center yeah sure, sure. Uh, but do you know what worked his backside off all the time always had feedback for everyone he was in the ring with all the time like like so hard working and and then I think like that's really cool but then when we were here last time and he did his match on, TV, on NXT TV against Roderick Strong which again was mind-blowingly good mm-hmm. like so good and yeah. it was it was the right mix of WWE sports entertainment and everything I want to see as an indie wrestling fan in one match yep. he gets everything and I I'm you know I'm the first to admit I was 100% wrong about him because he is he is he is ridiculously good at wrestling and 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 a massive asset to WWE at the minute yes. because yeah. because the he's his stuff he's done on NXT has been tremendous. Yeah. And then of course there was there was Adam Cole, which um, like the, the reaction was brilliant because you could hear people going, "What the what the absolute fuck is going on now?" And allying him with Red Dragon as well just makes me as a, as a wrestling fan just yeah. do a little bit of an excited wee. WWE um, Elite. Um, um, uh, so it, it's and again like we'll have to see what happens because you know the, the next lot of TV also yet, he so. scrubs up alright doesn't he you, you mentioned this you oh, think he's, he's the most handsome he man he is the, the most handsome man I've ever I mean we've met him before obviously but he's worked for us and we, we like yeah, him very much I so. do, I do I, but goodness me what a handsome and, um, and John said the other day you know he looks like he was about to drop, drop the, the country, country album of 2007 or he should have a residency in Vegas like uh, but such a lovely humble man as well in all the time that we met him and I'm sure he was genuinely nervous before he went out there sure because uh, and it, it was shown on the, the WWE.com exclusive I think just when he walked up to the top of the ramp and stood there with 
with Red Dragon or whatever they're going to be known as in the future and said Adam Cole Bebe and everyone lost their fucking minds so um, I mean what we're basically saying is TakeOver was well good if you haven't watched it yet please watch it yeah I, I, I doubt that you'll find a better mainstream wrestling show this yeah. year and, and people will go oh well this for New Japan New Japan's great Right, New Japan's great. PWG's great. Our, co- our little company's great. Rev Pro's great. All the all the wrestling you can watch is fantastic. But for a mainstream wrestling show that is only just over two hours long, yeah. as well, five matches. It is phenomenal. It is absolutely it, everything about it. Every little bit of it that is constructed and put together is wonderful. Yeah. And I, I cannot stress this enough. Not that we didn't enjoy SummerSlam, but Takeover is so good. It like it's difficult for. It's difficult for anything to top it. Like, like it was certainly, it was always going to be. If you went to both Takeover and SummerSlam, and depending on what your sense, it, again depends on your sensibility. If you're fact, if you're if you're into the sports entertainment aspect of, of wrestling, then SummerSlam's your bag. If you're, I, it always feels NXT is aimed at us. If we take away the fact that we're wrestling promoters, if we look at what we like as wrestling fans, Takeover is always more likely to be our thing. Um, but we were at SummerSlam as well. We did miss. We missed the opening match on the pre-show the because we were still queuing to get in. So what I'm asking you now is, use the hashtag Tuesday Night Jaw, tweet me, at Jim Smallman, and tell me what that match was like because I've still not seen it and I'm probably not going to get a chance and the internet's not fast enough in this hotel. And so, also, I missed the Miz, so fuck me. <laughs> I missed the Hardys, so fuck yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, because you, you weren't at WrestleMania when, I mean... So oh, he lost guy, his mind, right? So there was a guy in front of us at WrestleMania who kept standing up and John kept getting really annoyed so I did this thing where I, I went make him sit down and he sat down gave me a little glare and he sat down like the same one that John did for the bloke who kept standing up in front of us at SummerSlam yeah. um, for Glenn so you know we're all it's obviously Glenn's turn next time oh but so, you, you don't want me to lose it yeah so I had a beer um, <laughs> so um, John's, John's been complaining about this bloke standing up constantly not five minutes after this event the Hardy Boys music plays and John squeals like a girl Squeals like Glenn on commentary. Like, properly... That's a scream. Properly loses his fucking mind. Yep. I, lo- I lost my shit, listener. <laughs> Please keep calling him listener. Um, so... I think somebody might have just made their debut. Awesome. Um, uh, we're not going to talk about it, though, I suppose. Nope. Um, so... Is it on there? I think it's on a nine. No, it's, um, it's on there. I mean, we're, we're dealing with the intricacies of when a certain TV program's on. You figure it out. So, um... Glorious! Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, as we were saying. So, um... Yeah. So, uh... John, I, I lost my mind. He lost his mind. At the Hardy Boys. He lost his <laughs> mind at the Hardy Boys. There we go. Because I fucking love the Hardy Boys. I mean... They're great. Yeah. They are great. Can't disagree with you. I'm not, I'm not knocking you, boss. Um... So to SummerSlam. So we'll run through the card. Um, I'm mindful that we're on one hour thirty-five, so we're not going to spend ages on this. Um, we enjoyed it because we enjoy wrestling. I, again, it's very nice, very nice of WWE to source us out and let us go along. Thank so, you, thank you WWE. Um, and again, and again, I've not, we've not had time to ask for questions this week, and I might get a chance to do a Q and A over the next couple of weeks where I can probably take some questions about Takeover and SummerSlam and stuff like that. But again, like in the main, I want to be positive about everything. I enjoyed SummerSlam. We were in the crowd walking out of SummerSlam and everyone there seemed to enjoy SummerSlam. So, you know, that's our, our take on it. So, preliminary matches. Um, it was weird because by the time we, we got in for the Cruiserweight um, title match uh, between Neville and Akira Tozawa, now we got in for that. We did. But there was a, not a lot of seats filled at that point. No. 
because um, I know that's a lot, what a lot of people pointing out. But they are doing extra security checks going into everything at the minute. The doors opened at about half past four. We arrived at about five o'clock. I think the doors opened more closer to five. Yeah, and it took a long time to get in. And I know they started the pre-show straight away. So it was very much. It felt a little bit like New Japan's pre-shows do. Yep. Where you know when you've got Captain New Japan when you're or Bone that, Soldier is when you're watching the oh, rumble. God. <laughs> when you're watching the rumble. <laughs> when you're watching the rumble at Tokyo Dome and there's and there's three the, people there. Yeah, there's there's two thousand people out of fifty thousand in. Yep. So it did feel a little bit like that. So um, we didn't see the Miz and the Miz Taraj uh, beating the Hardy Boys and Jason Jordan. We didn't see that. Tell us what it was like at Jim Small and hashtag Tuesday Night Jaw. Uh, and remember, be positive because I don't have no time. The Miz was in it. it and also, the, the, the Miz was in it, so it's automatically seven stars. Yeah, and also I love what they're doing with Bo Dallas. And um, and Curtis Axel at the minute. I love that they've given they've given them to Miz, and it's genuinely it's given them something to do mm-hmm. because they're good at their jobs. It's just not everyone can have a job on television, and it makes it hard. Um, we saw Neville and Akira Tozawa. I tweeted that this is a match that I genuinely wanted to book for progress in the first year. Yeah. No, no um, legitimately, yeah. I still have in my inbox a load of unanswered messages to Akira Tozawa from the Super Strong style two years ago. <laughs> yeah, because we did try and get him. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah. no, not even a joke. No, it's not. Um, but um, a good match. I, I, oh, I, I always win watching. Not just a good match. Yeah. A, a Tazawa's finish looks like it's genuinely going to make you shit yourself. Yeah. Which is unbelievable. I, I, I always like to imagine that wrestlers are jam donuts when he does that. Yeah. <laughs> <And just laughs> one time, he's just going to hit that scent on it. Um, it's, it's not as good as Dick Togo's, but it's very good. But can we address just how fantastic Neville is? He's brilliant. When he was doing the pre-show for TakeOver, oh, and, he and c- you could see and he him... he c- couldn't hear anything in his ears, allegedly, and he's just got this face like... He's got a face like thunder. Fuck the lot of you. Yeah. And, and his, his Twitter's brilliant, his entire persona. And I, I love, the, uh, obviously, like I, I know him from, from Newcastle because he's, he's a Geordie. Because everyone in Newcastle, Cause everyone everyone Newcastle knows, knows each other. Because he's a village. But let's, <laughs> let, let's be honest, you know, it, Newcastle wrestling, quite a small community uh, uh, before, you know, other companies started to run in it. Um, but uh, he's got that kind of aura about him now that, Rather than being, hey, that guy who came from you know Dragon Gate and did all the flippy shit, and now he's a great indie guy, he's one of the best characters in all of the WWE. Just by how outlandishly brazen he does not act like, sorry, he acts like he doesn't want to be there. Yeah. It's so good. He's again somebody else who a hundred percent conviction with what they're doing. But also as well, he's got that thing that all heel champions should have. I don't want to be here, but I definitely want that belt. Yeah, which is is great when people do that of course you know. um, then we had a match that so we sat down we got to go some food and sat down it was New Day and um, uh, New Day against the Usos yes um, where the Usos won the Smackdown Tag Team Championship yep. and, and we sat down John had his first beer only beer John had his only beer during this I, I had no my beer. second beer yeah. grapefruit so, uh, grapefruit Vastiner Vastiner very nice really, really nice so we sat down and, and we've maybe missed two or three minutes of this John had I think John had seen the first couple of minutes of it yeah. and I said because I didn't hear the, the, the New Day doing I was, I was stuff like that at this point I had moved to the end of the row because we had three seats at the end of the row and I figured I'd leave space so that uh, the other two didn't have to climb over <laughs> me to get to their seats so I was sat behind a man 
who, for the first hour and a half, basically the entire kickoff show, was complaining about the fact that there was a camera in his line of vision. Yes, he was, and he. he Would you like very, to expand on what he did? The very heard? New York thing, where he walked up to um, he walked up to the lovely lady who was showing everyone where they sat in our section, who was a joy. Uh, I don't know if you meant to tip people who do that job, but <laughs> I feel like we should have tipped her. Um, uh, no, we tipped enough at Red Lobster. Yeah, so so she <laughs> so, um, so she was dealing with this bloke, and he was going, "Well, I pay for these tickets, and there's a camera in the way." And he was showing her a picture, and she was like, "Well, yeah, there's a camera in the way. That's just, just how it is, isn't it?" And he was like, "Yeah, but I pay good money. I want a refund." And he was pressing that he wanted a refund there and then. For the fact there was a camera in his view, and you a, could, a movable camera, um, it was a camera on a jib. What's a jib? Um, and what's a jib? You could, you could see around it. If you know enough about wrestling, you know roughly what's going on beyond that. You know, few feet of camera that yeah. is in your way. You just um, look through it. Yeah. Also, though, he was he was very a bellend. Whiny. He was he, a fucking bellend. He was a fucking bellend. He was very whiny. Was he the one that took up two seats? No, no, that was no. the one. That was um, uh, so, By the way, just I've just been reading the uh, the spoilers for SmackDown. I'm just going to say, uh, ain't no stopping me now. Cool. Hey, don't stop and move no. now. Yes. Amazing. Um, spoilers. Spoilers. Um, oh my god, are we going to. No. Oh. Yeah. Shh, yeah, right. Come on. Anyway, right. guys, come on, focus. It's not like we like wrestling. Um, <laughs> so, so two, minute, two or three minutes into this match, because there wasn't a lot of people in the arena, it was starting to fill up, but it was, it was fine. And then it got, it got really good. It got insanely good. I think this might have been the longest match on the show as well. It was 19 minutes. Usos and... Usos and... Usos and... Apart from the main event, it's only a minute shorter than the main event. And it was was on the pre-show. And it was phenomenal. Go out... If if you're like, oh, it's a pre-show, I'm not going to watch. Go out of your way to watch this match. It's fucking brilliant. I've said this before. I love the new version of the Usos. I love their heel heel incarnation. I think he's great. It's given Mm. them a new lease of life. Um, New Day, great anyway. But... There's so much cool stuff in this match. It is the it's the it's one of the most indie like matches you'll ever watch on a main roster WWE show. It's great. I love the I love the main event. I love the other tag team match. Another match had one of my best friends in it. This was still yeah. my favorite match. Of the it, night. And it, also from two teams that I, as a wrestling fan, I don't really like connect with much I, I love the Usos like now the mm. old, the, the, like them coming out and being really threatening the New Day I guess kind of as hosts and doing that that kind of like gimmick thing you didn't really look at them so recently so credibly as being quote unquote wrestlers mm. for them to go out there and go oh yeah just a reminder we're really fucking good at our jobs yeah, it's, like, it's like all three members of New Day are really good yeah. and you sometimes when you're, you're you see the comedy side of it it's like some progress like El Ligero and Dave Mastiff. Yeah. You look at them and go, they're fucking funny, aren't they? Yeah. They're dead good wrestlers. Dead good wrestlers. Xavier Woods, Kofi Kingston, Big E are all fantastic wrestlers. And some of the stuff they do in that match is nuts. Yep. And felt worthy of SummerSlam. And from that point onwards, when people are filing in, that's the, that's the best pre-show match you can put on if you think about it. Because at that point, everyone's like, well, holy fuck. SummerSlam's a a big deal and then the first match they put on is John Cena Baron Corbin which has had a lot of build which means that everyone instantly feels like it's a big show now there's a lot of matches there's not as many matches as I thought there was going to be I think I quoted there was going to be 12 matches and I think um, there was was, I thought there was 12 matches on the main show there was 13 matches in total including the pre-show and in some cases I mean one match was 10 seconds long so 
So you know, Randy Orton and Rusev was ten seconds long, and well, plus stuff on the outside. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It wasn't just ten no, seconds. No, no, of course it was. But um, so John Cena defeated Baron Corbin. I think that a lot of the intrigue there was was what was going to happen because of Baron Corbin cashing in his money in the bank shot and all that sort of stuff, and sure. it not you know not happening. Um, and then it, it just the show proceeded with all the title changes and it, it felt weird like, I don't think I've ever watched a show where it felt like every title was going to change and, it, and it's amazing how it makes you think when every title is changed on a show up to a certain point you start expecting every title to change yep. and then what happened in the main event is everyone went but I, what hang on wait a minute because <laughs> I genuinely thought the title was going to change yep. genuinely even though I know I, you know I've, I read the rest of the observer I know that I know that you know Brock Lesnar's probably got commitments for another year or so I, you know but I I still expected him to drop the title yeah. I expected it all the stuff they've done in the build for that and the build for that main event I think the build for every match on SummerSlam was great right everything had had a significant build to it the main event in particular had a massive build to it um, and we'll get to the main event in a minute because I, I think that's what we'll spend most of our time talking about so Natalia defeated Naomi which uh, the only th- shock here for me was I thought Carmella had cashed in her money in the bank at that point right? yeah we discussed yeah, that yeah. I, I, that's what I thought that was setting up um, and I'm pleased with Natalia because Natalia's one of these people who's around who's been around the women's division I know she had some Divas title runs back in the day but it feels like the, the focus in the women's division has been on, on the ladies who came up from NXT rather than Natalia and she's everyone knows how good she is at her job she's always been good at her job there's a bit, and a lovely person from, there's a bit from big show about her in that you can kind of position her at any point in the cards mm-hmm. to get anybody over or to have a good match with anybody or to tell a story with somebody where she's always not the focus of the story it always feels like Natalia's a bit part to get somebody else over yeah. and so for her to actually as she said put, bring quote unquote credibility to the title it is lovely and she um, like she's, she's, a, she's a lovely young lady and obviously really Fucking loves wrestling. Yeah, uh, and but you'd think so when you come from that 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 dynasty, that, that fucking again, family. She's but she's been around it for a long time. Yeah, man. If she if she wanted to take a ball and go home and wasn't happy with what she was getting, she could have done that a long time ago. And she stuck at it and carried on doing what she's doing. Yeah, and you know, fair play to her. But then I'd, um, Big Cass defeating the Big Show. Which, I mean, you'd not seen on the build for this. I missed. Seen the, you'd not seen the punch that was on. On Raw, I, I, I missed the yeah. lamps him, which is such a good. Which you slow said, you, motion. You said to me, "Wait for it in slow motion," it's and it so was good. tremendous. Um, what was interesting here was um, is Enzo got quite a muted reaction, um, and and I don't know if that's because because audiences have just gone. Oh, no, we've seen this. We've seen what you do, um, but he got. He got an okay reaction, but he got he didn't get as loud a reaction as he was getting maybe six, seven months ago. Mm-hmm. What was also interesting is Cass is a heel, but Cass is from New York. So yeah. that made it an interesting dynamic. And and this match kind of it kind of went about its business for a bit. What got interesting was when they started doing fun stuff with the cage, which was which was Cass oiling himself up. Oh Enzo. Yeah, sorry, Enzo oiling himself up, coming out of the cage, dropping down, everyone like, this is gonna be the No, just knocks him out. Do you know what was interesting? So, so, so when I was on tour, again, this is coming from a, like a theatrical entertainment perspective. When I was on tour and I'd be having a really shitty day, and you know, like the football analogy of can you do it on a rainy Sunday, rainy Tuesday night in Stoke? Yeah. Like when you are oh, in you a, play for a rainy Wednesday night in Grimsby, yeah. like, and you are losing the will a little bit to perform, and I'm sure you've had gigs where you've gone, oh, nine out of ten. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, my, me not me not so much in body, but um, to, to that like. To that end, to that end, as I said it, John looked at me. Yeah. So in, in booking meetings, I will often use the phrase "to that end." You'll by the way, use the phrase "spitballing" a lot. Well, I'm just going to spitball it. Um, I feel sick every time he says it. Well, let's, why don't we? Why don't we um, play devil's advocate? <laughs> right, references. Um, right. So, um, <laughs> John's going to get a drink because he's tired of us. Um, I can't remember what I was saying. Yeah, when you on a Wednesday night, in, the Tuesday night in Stoke, when you're bored. It was something to do with Enzo, and then you talked about the fact that when you, you don't want to... I, 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 I was only joking. Um, it's the uh, going into the crowd. So the, the audience, like, filing in to see a theatre show, sometimes you forget that people have waited for months to go and see it. Yeah. And you may be, like, nine months into a tour and be like, oh, fuck it, I'll do I have to... Yes, all right, I'll take it with my knees, now if we go again. Um, so going and being sat in the crowd of SummerSlam and hearing reactions that I don't give... To wrestlers that I think that I think that the audience gets from wrestlers, and they're not getting, mm. which was Enzo. It was quite quite interesting to hear like a pocket. Doing of, loads of cool New York references. It was, shit, it? and it's guess not. what? A lot of people there weren't from fucking New York, mm. so a lot of people had travelled in, and it was one of those things you've got to think about. And again, like you know, like when when I went to do my commentary stuff, where I like I learned from from the WWE stylistically how they they do um they do their stuff. Like it's a global company. And you have to always think about how it's being translated by the world market when you're out there. That was like that in a very condensed bubble, if we talk about the network, to watching it live in, in Brooklyn, in the Barclays Centre, and hearing people be like, shut the fuck up, Enzo, and going, oh, but what he's saying is really clever. And they were like, at that point, that crowd didn't give a shit. Mm. And it wasn't that they didn't give a shit because it was bad. They didn't give a shit because they just wanted to see flashing lights, big noises. They were at that stage where that pocket of the, the crowd were maybe eight beers deep, and they just like. And I think they were from, from not that price, mate. From Boston, no, no, the mortgages are out. This was eight, this was eight beers deep before they come into the Barbie Center. But it was just interesting to be sat around people and hearing kids react because we had kids just behind us. Yeah. And I love and, and so I've said this to you guys before. Yeah. I think watching wrestling with kids is brilliant because our shows, progress shows, are for adults. And whilst our shows are hard to put together, and we put a lot of work into them, it's 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 easy enough making shows for wrestling fans. Like yeah, like wrestling fans like wrestling. It's easy. The the difficult ones to hold. And what was really nice is behind us there was two kids and they were with their dad and their dad was obviously a wrestling fan. And the dad was in a suit, so I think he'd been working all day. So their dad was a wrestling fan, and he kept, and they liked wrestling, but they didn't understand it as much as him. And it was brilliant hearing. He was great, dad. He was explaining to them everything that was yeah, going on. Yeah, it was on. nice. Wasn't and it? when there was a near fall, he was going, Oh, I nearly got him. And the kids were getting so into it. And I was like, You are exactly how I want to be with my son if he likes wrestling. That He was brilliant. And seeing kids' reactions, and there was a little girl a few rows in front of us, and whenever one of her favourites came out, she was losing her mind. And as smart wrestling fans, we sometimes forget that wrestling is an entertainment industry, and it's not just for us. So sometimes it is for it, it, it's it's for kids, and it's for their parents who don't necessarily like wrestling. Sometimes that's for them, and yeah. and we forget about that sometimes. WWE, what WWE put on has to be for everyone, not just for not just for our sensibilities. That's what takeovers for. Yeah. yeah. So you know. Um, 
but yeah, it was that match. That match was interesting. It was interesting to see reactions. By the end of it, the, the crowd were into it again. There was just a few minutes at the start of it where it was just you know a bit ropey. Um, Be interesting to see if I watched it at home. I probably would have had a u- unanimously positive reaction to what Enzo was saying. Mm. It's interesting how the people around you in a live environment can sometimes colour your experience. Yeah. And that's something that as promoters we always need to think about as well. Absolutely. Uh, I mentioned Randy Orton defeating Rusev before. Um, uh, one of the one of the most All Japan style RKO's I've ever seen. Um, On his face. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> see, I said this to you guys at the time. Is People will go, well, you can't have Rusev losing 10 seconds. Anyone can lose in 10 seconds to Randy Orton. They've spent the last decade building up the fact that Randy Orton's move comes out of nowhere. Yeah. It's, Therefore, it's, it's out of nowhere. Yeah, That's you, the whole fucking therefore, point. it's believable he can beat you in 10 seconds. It's believable he can beat you in 20 minutes. It's if like DDP's diamond. Uh, d- d- WCW did it back when it was good. Like yeah, the, uh, the diamond cutter. And it's it's like Jake Snake Roberts DDT. Yeah. It's one of those moves. If you were hit with that move, and I know people have kicked out of it, but as a rule, if you're hit with that move, out of nowhere and you're not expecting it, the match is over. So, you know. Um, another title change. Sasha Banks defeated Alexa Bliss um, by submission. Again, decent match. I... Um, We've mentioned before. I think everything Alexa Bliss does is brilliant. Like all her facial expressions, everything she does, okay, is little tremendous. things. Um, and I mean, she is a little thing, but yeah, the little things she but does. Every, everything she does in the ring is brilliant. I was surprised at the title change, but again, it felt there's nothing wrong with having a load of title changes because again, it leads into what it, the bigger picture, which is why are most people there. The main event. What happened in the main event? Not a title change. Were you expecting one to happen? Absolutely yes. And it just. You should always have that suspension that anything can happen on a wrestling show. You should. Um, next match was uh, Finn Balor uh, defeating Bray Wyatt. And I know at the time, again, theatrical boy here, and me liking films as much as I do, mm-hmm. the the great moment of this is the end of the match, which is when Bray does his spider walk and Finn Balor pops up, just stands up like proper Undertaker. But he did it up. from lying on his front... Yeah. to just pushing himself up on his hands and using his, his momentum to just get to a standing position. It was, it was a little bit Michael Jackson. Yeah, it was... It was a little bit thriller and then that look. A little bit and then, zombie. Yeah, yeah, and then Bray having to turn around and suddenly going... And, and Bray I showing fear. was fucked. Yeah. Bray showing fear, which yeah. is, I think he only ever did when he wrestled The Undertaker. So I think that's really good to play into... And it doesn't... Bray's lost a lot. Bray losing doesn't hurt him because he's, he's genuinely got his own mystique about him, which mm-hmm. is really, really cool. Um, but I think that was it was really cool to set up the fact that if you can't be normal if, if Finn Balor can't get the job done as himself he can get the job done as, as the demon which is, is great and then we had another ridiculously good tag match that was also nearly 20 minutes long Christ wasn't it uh, just Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins and again the build for this and them not doing the shield fist bump thing was great uh, Cesaro and Sheamus um, if you don't think Cesaro is the best wrestler in the world you're wrong he's tremendous <laughs> oh the beach ball the, so not only is he brilliant but when he ran into the crowd and ripped up that beach ball fucking well done mate if, if I, I don't get it the, the beach ball thing we were at the Raw after Wrestlemania when we were. beach ball mania happened and that was if that's the only time it happened it's mildly amusing oh it, mildly. it was the same the year before in Dallas yeah. so you're talking about when yeah. you're in Orlando if that's yeah. the only time it happened it's mildly amusing but it happened, and obviously it happened on it happened on Raw last night during Finn Balor's match. Yeah, and come on, there's people busting their asses in the ring. Don't bring a beach ball and buy it around. You've just paid what fifty, a hundred dollars for a ticket. Yeah, and you've brought your own entertainment. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I, th- I think it, people think that they're adding to 
the fan atmosphere by doing it. And well, we've got our fans are ultras. Our fans are super enthusiastic, super on board with everything that we do. No one's ever needed to bring other entertainment in during a match, and especially during a match like this, which was dead fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> like and and Cesaro doing that. I mean, I already thought he was fucking fantastic. Cesaro doing that just underlined how brilliant he is. Um, during this match, there's so much cool stuff during this match. Again, go and watch this match because the match is great. Um, absolutely tremendous match. And Fair also just really game. nice to, to, to see two people who are very in tune with one another, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. Like they, The dives were crisp. Everything was very, very on point. And it kind of, it, when it started, I was a bit like, yeah, okay, this is this is cool, but it ended up being like tremendously. The finishing sequence was the finishing sequence was absolutely else. brilliant. Um, again, both tag title matches were fantastic. Those in the main event are the, the real standout points of the show, um, but they are wonderful. Um, we had the US title match, AJ Styles and, and Kevin Owens, which is never going to be bad ever. Because it's AJ Styles and Kevin Owens. That's the interesting dynamic of Shane. And, and Shane was an interesting dynamic. Shane McMahon, the most jacked man in professional <laughs> wrestling. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring this up. Oh, Mark. I'd, I'd like proper, I've got tan envy. I've got chest envy. I've got trainer but, envy because he's always got good sneakers on. Because he I know has, he's a sneaker. Yeah, he had his, his custom. John, John likes his shirt. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yep, custom shirt. These kids were wearing at ringside as well. Yeah. Which is, I, I love the that. fact that his kids got. And, and, I might get a Brylo Mac shirt. Brylo Mac? If anyone would like to make a Brylo just, Mac just, t-shirt. Is that just a Mac jacket with Brylo on it? Yeah. <laughs> like a pack of Mac yeah. that you get at oh, Disneyland. Yeah. So I'll take it to the room and go out to the uncle. <laughs> <laughs> the bed, he's sweating. sweating on me. Um, but again, it, it, and this was the first match that didn't have a title change. So at this point, everyone's like, oh, hang on. Yeah, because at this point you were expecting it. Yeah, because I was I was expecting it. Kevin Owens, by the way, he, he read the, the, my favourite moment of the match, which I, I think I said to you at the time, and didn't realise was said in the ring, was him saying to Shane McMahon, you fall off buildings, but you can't go back in here to make a three count. <laughs> which is... Because you, you used the phrase, he knows the know. helicopter crash. <laughs> <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. And I was laughing for a long time. Most I laughed in New York. Yeah. Um, so we got yeah. Out. So we got out of it. Um, well, I again, laughed a lot of Groundhog Day. We love you, people in of New York. It's just the experience. Um, next match, titles retained. Jinder Mahal uh, retained his title against Shinsuke Nakamura. I, I, um, I. The thing I like about the Jinder Mahal title run is that no one expected it, and now it's happening. It's. It, it did provoke genuine fury on the internet. People going, yeah. But how could Nakamura... Well, Nakamura can get beat by Jinder because it, you lose to three people and everyone else has lost to him. So it's acceptable. It doesn't hurt Shinsuke. Shinsuke is... He's one of those people who is a genuine phenomenon because of his personality. Shinsuke's lost plenty of matches yes. in his life. Yes, he has. You know, he's lost tons of matches. He's, you know, it, it, it's not hurting. It's wrestling. It's wrestling. It's, you know, it doesn't hurt you. And and what was interesting when um, a few, I saw a few tweets sort of complaining about this match, but it's what people wanted. It's it's someone who worked his ass off after he got let go by WWE to get rehired, and has worked his ass off and has got a fantastic gimmick, and is doing great things for the company. When you look at their expansion into other countries, yes. and also it's been done in a way where yes, his ethnicity is brought into it, but it's not offensive, like. 
he's clearly a baby. It's like they did with Bret Hart and being Canadian sure. in 1997. Yeah, yeah. He's clearly a baby face. To a, to a large amount of to people. To a billion, over a billion yeah. people. Right. Well, I mean, I'm talking even those people who, uh, and descendants of immigrants or whatever who live yeah. in America. Also, a lot of people cheered for him in, yes. in the Barclays Center. A lot of people cheered for him. A lot of people cheered when he won, which I didn't, I didn't expect. Um, everyone, both of them, brilliant entrances. Nakamura's entrance, great. Um, the way the Jinder's entrance comes with the um, with the, the sort of trail down the walkway is is fantastic, and and I think I, I I expected the title to part of me expected the title to to switch, but then when I think about it, it's like I view I think at the time I didn't view like JBL's title run fondly, but now I look back at it and go, oh, but if you think about it, it's really good because all you want is him to get beat, you know. If you look at progress. People now look back really fondly at Jimmy Havoc's two-year title run. Yeah. But at the time, after every show he retained his title, people were going, for fuck's sake, why has he still got the title? <laughs> because there's yeah. a bigger story to tell. It's not, you know, it's not the end of the season. Jinder fights another match. You know, there's always the opportunity for someone else to be built up and someone beat him. And, you know, and he's good at his job. And I also, you know, I, I always want to sort of mention the Singh brothers, who I think are brilliant. I mean, they have a lot of brightly coloured shirts. That's uh, true. Wrestling memes. They uh, almost blended in with the background. Yeah. On, what, what I like is, is wrestling memes tweeted something which, and I'm going to quote it, um, not verbatim because I've got it in front of me. He tweeted, um, Sunil Singh's out in the shops, texted, texted Samir Singh saying, uh, I'm just at the shops, I'm just getting a shirt, is anything you want? Yeah, whatever you have. <laughs> <laughs> Literally whatever you have. Um, and they're doing a great They're one. excellent, they're by the way, the Singh really brothers. They're brilliant, the Singh brothers. They are great um, what they do. When I was last uh, in Orlando, they were they were doing things around here, and they were the the, the Bollywood boys, the Bollywood brothers, yes. yeah. and they obviously had the generic kind of Bollywood gimmick at the time. And I think that they've actually become a great. I think you just mentioned it before. I, I stepped out for a moment, but the, you're not like I said, not getting beat by one person. You're getting beaten you're getting by, three, by three of them, and it's it's it, it, it's well, great. J, J, I was acquainted to JBL. JBL had his cabinet. Yeah, if you remember, Orlando Jordan, Jordan, Joey Mercury was Joey Mercury. No. Um, it was Orlando Jordan, and it was um, uh, Tweeter, the, the, Steelers, Bash, no. the Basham brothers. Oh, the Bashams, yeah. Fuck, and 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 he's a heel. He, he, he's a heel to all intents and purposes in in the United States. So that's what he's meant to do. I I think you you, you can't always. Wrestling would be really weird. No one would ever sell a ticket if your favourite was always the champion. Right. Because you, there always got to be the chase. And there, there is the chase there. And again, at this point, there's two retentions in a row. So in my head, I'm like, that's the two retentions they're doing. Yeah. We're going into the main event now. And there's also nice stuff. The two title matches as the semi-main and the main. And as, it as, feels as, like they've not done that for a bit. As promoters, one of like, the things that we argue over and discuss at length is... Is show structure, yeah, because there's the it's got to be very deliberate. You don't want to see the, also when it's a long show. Don't want to see the fire breathers two shows in a match. Don't want to see the elephants two shows in a match. Don't want to see the clowns two shows. You like we want, yeah. sorry two two matches in a row rather. Mm. But like it, you, it's something that is in consideration. And title changes are one of those things. The other thing I will say that I wasn't sure if you mentioned this at all, but in terms of progress, without being a pun, we've got uh, a guy from Japan and a guy from India. Wrestling for the WWE Championship on a, an American pay per view in New York, which is great. It's and again, you know, it, this is the thing: is is 
I saw people going, oh, I can't believe, I can't believe Jenna's got a title. Would but you want to see Cena and Orton again? But that's the thing. It's, it's the same people who go, oh, I don't want to see John Cena and Randy Orton again. What, what, what do you want? Yeah. Like, you can't have everything that you want all the time. You can be the ripest, juiciest peach in the world if somebody out there doesn't like peaches. Good. Um... <laughs> I'm talking about my ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to the main event which was wonderful. wonderful ridiculously enjoyable all over the place nuts um, achieved the following <laughs> things Brock Lesnar retained the title which I didn't think would happen um, and I'm delighted about it because I think Brock's great and I think Heyman's great made a massive massive star out of Braun Strowman he was already a star this made him an absolute superstar in that one match that he didn't even win yeah um, it carried on the ascent of Samoa Joe, who has had a great few months and still looks like a main event player, which is brilliant because we love Joe and he's our mate. So we're delighted about this. Yeah. Um, and it continued Roman Reigns' uneasy relationship with other wrestlers and with the audience, which I still believe will pay off wonderfully because if, at the minute, like, if people want to boo him, and, and most of New York chose to boo him, not everybody. Most of New York goes to boo him. Because um, I, I cheer the baby faces. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> buy my t-shirt. Um, <laughs> there it is. But, but I, I've mentioned this on a podcast before. I think Roman's absolutely brilliant at what he does. And I, I don't. I now think some people boo him just because other people are booing him and not because they know why. Um, but I think how he... Because he acts like a heel anyway. He doesn't cheat. The only thing he doesn't do is cheat. But Roman. Yeah, but he doesn't He smile. did try to kill a man. He did try and murder a man in cold blood. But he doesn't... Let's, let's not forget that Randy Orton did torture a man's house down. And yes, he's still a baby face. Still a baby face. So, um, but I think, I, think everything Roman does, I think everything Roman does is great. And he's, he doesn't smile loads or anything like that. He's not out kissing babies or anything like that. He can act as much as he wants. He can act like he wants. If people boo him, they boo him. Did you if see what he mouthed as Lesnar was uh, being taken away on the, the stretcher? No. I think he said, uh, where's your beast now? Nice. And I think that's a lovely... So nice mo- monsters eat beasts. That's, that was like a, a, like a really nice little tagline that came out of it. So I think everyone's doing a great job of those who are more experienced than him, of like, like, like Joe, Reigns, uh, even Lesnar last night, of really making Strowman look like he's a, a, a very you know, effective person going forward. Uh, maybe protecting his limitations, expanding on his... What's amazing, though, is people forget, like... He was on Raw when he wrestled... Third, third match? I, think, I saw his third or his tenth match. I forget which one it is. I can't remember who... But he, he was on Raw that quick, mm. right? And not from a wrestling background. He's a wrestling fan, but not from a wrestling background, yeah. right? He's dead good. Okay, pop pop question, just before we, we move on. John, who did you think was going to win the title? Honestly. Honestly, or who I wanted? Honestly, who did you, who did you think, think was, was going to win? Lesnar. Who do you think was going to win? I thought Joe was going to win. I thought Joe was going to win as well. Yeah. So, I was very surprised. All of us were like, oh, like presently surprised yeah. that we were surprised. But um, it did a great job of, of telling each individual, like Joe now goes into a programme with Cena based on last night's Raw. Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. Um, I think that that... that <laughs> or the Miz, potentially, but probably Cena. But, but I mean, maybe, maybe Miz first on to Cena for, for a big... What was great is when Joe came out, how many people were chanting Joe. 
as well. Like he got a really good reaction when he came out of SummerSlam. But hard work and perseverance, and, and I mean, obviously, like Joe's, Joe's a friend of ours, and I, I've spoken to him this weekend, and he's been like far, far too good to us. Like, uh, given me an incredible amount of advice and information and stuff like that. He's would, he's a great, great dude. Yeah, but like, he's a nice like human. In, he's a nice into, human being. Fuck wrestling. He's just a nice him, human being. But bumping into him and him like him seeing me and running over and giving me a big hug is like this is like. He's, he'll go out with us for a couple of days. Do you know what I mean? And he's he's always been appreciative of that. And you get the feeling he's like that with everybody. And that's, you know. There was there was a sense that when Strowman grabbed Lesnar for the, the first table... It's the table he puts on him. It's the best. The table he puts on and he was like eight inches away from death. Yeah. If he caught him with the edge of that, like it was just, you know, he just popped it over and, oh yeah, incredible. Um, I mean, we, we know that these, these tables are, you know, sometimes structured in a way that makes it look very dramatic when somebody goes through them. But the actual visual of somebody doing that was the he's best. A, he's an, and he's that thing that you can't teach, right? Like By being seven foot tall. Yeah, being seven foot tall. Like, <laughs> the, the thing with Strowman is, he's, he's a former competitive strongman, wasn't he? So, right? so he is a massive, incredibly strong, giant man who can wrestle. And not only can wrestle, you know, he's fairly quick around the ring and stuff. He's not, he's not a big lumbering old oh, big no, he's dude. He's a proper athlete. Like he's a, 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 he is, he's a freak of nature. Um, a lot like someone um, on NXT, like Lars Sullivan is. Yeah. yeah. Like he's someone like that who is, you look at him and go, straight away you look at, he's someone that wrestling needs. Wrestling has always needed someone like, like when we were small, like, like Hulk Hogan or The Undertaker, mm-hmm. people who were larger than life characters. You look at him and go, I don't care if you never say a word. And the best bit is, he's got over just by saying his own name and just by being just by being loud and aggressive from the south. Like he's got over with all of that. Yeah. And he's going to he's going to get better. He's already dead good. He's going to get better. Yeah. Often when so when the Undertaker debuted in WWE in the early nineties, he was not that entertaining to watch. It was in the latter days of his career where he became the, the super worker that he was. Strowman's already dead good. Imagine how good he's if he stays healthy. Imagine how good Strowman's going to be in five years. He's going to be absolutely amazing. He's going to be the resident monster for a long time, isn't he? Yeah. Um, I think that now we're on the upswing, uh, and I think that in actuality, if you look at, I think we've discussed this uh, before. The Roman Reigns is Roman Reigns a heel? I don't think it matters anymore. Doesn't it's like like it doesn't matter if Cena's a heel or a face. If you choose to boo or cheer him, fine. I think that I think Cena gets more cheers than boos nowadays. If you look, if you're going again, it's, it's it's wonderful for us to take a step back from promoting a show and stand in the audience watching a uh, a, a crowd of, of kids and families. If you look how many uh, young women and kids had Roman Reigns t-shirts on, but they, they love him. I mean, yeah, he's, and there's he's, a, lot of, a lot of people dressed as him as well because he's quite easy to cosplay. Because he's a cosplay, yeah, yeah. He's the cosplay thing. And and again, and this is why, like, if you don't like him, fine, but you have to appreciate he's good at what he does. Yeah, if you're one of the people saying Channing, you can't wrestle at him. Have a fucking word with yourself. Yeah, yeah. literally get out and never watch wrestling again. Daddy Roman, all day long. What? He's daddy. He's daddy. I don't know what that means. I don't know what he's doing. Oh come on, come on, guys. We know. We know. We know. No, daddy no we don't. You've been using words all day that we don't understand. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Um, so, um, <laughs> one last little question before we wrap this up. Um, what was your favourite match of the weekend? So either from Takeover or from SummerSlam, your favourite match of the weekend. Uh, I'll do mine first while you think. Mine is uh, Asuka and Emma Moon, which I thought was 
are just joyous. I, I could have, I could easily, I, I could have narrowed it down to a short list of eight. I think right. eight matches that I adored, and and that's my favourite match of the weekend. Um, Gargano and Almas for me because it was better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, and it was going to be good, but it was, yes. <gasps> and it really set the bar for the yeah. weekend. My favourite match of the weekend was the pre-show match with the UK tag because of reasons. Yeah. But, but my favourite match from uh, TakeOver was Almas and Gargano because I didn't expect anything from it and it was fucking incredible. Yeah. yeah. Good work. And the pro- I mean, in fairness, the most I was entertained by a match was the main event of SummerSlam. Yeah, because it was sports entertainment all over the place. That, uh, the Gargano-Almas match was a wonderful r- pro wrestling match. Yeah. With a bit of sports entertainment. With a bit of sports entertainment. And the main event at SummerSlam was pure sports entertainment and it was great. Yeah. Although my biggest pop was for um, was for Finn Balor's entrance, just because it's nice seeing one of your mates oh, get biggest one of those. pop was for Shawn Michaels as the Colonel. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh God! So much money. Because I was like, is that? I'm nudging Glenn going, is that really Shawn Michaels? And I was trying to see his tattoos, and I was like, oh no, no, it is, it is Shawn Michaels. Yeah. And doing... looking as fit today as he was fucking twenty years ago. Just my goodness. On, on the on the announcers' tables and everything. Good on him. Throws himself into everything. Good lad. Right. Um, I kind of plugged everything before. I'll do my plugs again in a second. Glenn, where are you on Twitter? Glenn underscore Joseph. Uh, Facebook is Glenn Joseph Official. Because um, you know there's so many fake ones out there. Yeah, there is a lot of fake Glenn Joseph. Hey! Um, anything you want to plug? Not really, actually, right now. I've got nothing to plug apart from progress, and we're already here, so. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if you come to our show on Sunday, we'll see you there. Bring us Actually, energy you know drinks. No, no, um, Bring us energy drinks. We'll be dead. Yes, we will be dead. And also, um, the day before Ali Pali, uh, you will undoubtedly already be coming to the live Tuesday night jaw. Uh, if you go to jimsmallman.com slash tnj. Yeah, it is good work, mate. Thanks. Because Glenn's Glenn's basically helping me out, and it's going to be mint. Because me and Glenn is a double act, as we've learned here, is a jaw. <laughs> <laughs> And exhausting. Exhausting for John. John Briley, where are you on Twitter? Um, I'm at Briley tweet, but don't tweet me. Yeah, he doesn't. He's not bothered. Um, do you have an official Facebook page? Uh, Progress Wrestling. <laughs> um, uh, I'll also plug Joe and the Juice because they've been really good to me in the past. You know, if you're in London, go there. Cool. It's all right for five minutes. Good. Do you want to <laughs> plug a Do you want to plug a coffee place in London? Is that what that is? Yeah, have, you never, have you never spent any time in Joe and the Juice? I've had one of the best experiences of my life in Joe and the Juice. Matt Ricardo's the logo for it. I always look at the logo and it looks like Matt Ricardo. Yeah. Um, no, I don't want do to plug want, a coffee shop. Do you want to plug a coffee shop? No. Do you want to plug any form of, of any product that you enjoy? Oh, come on. I'm, I really like pizza. He does like a pizza. Um, he likes anything with cheese. He does like cheese. Um, I am at Jim Smallman on Twitter. Use hashtag Tuesday Night Draw if you tweet me about wrestling. Um, Progress's Twitter handle is this is underscore progress. Um, it's often me answering the tweets, but I'll be honest, there's a time difference and stuff at the minute, and you know, internet. So um, yeah, there's a live Tuesday night jaw. I mentioned this before. There's Tuesday night jaw merch now available for pre-order, which should be shipping at the end of this week. That's jimsmorman.com/tnj uh, for all that. How, point are, you, how are you doing that if you're here? Uh, I don't ship it. My, I have a Backstreet merch store, which uh, ships it all for me. Backstreet merch, all right. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so um, they're currently being made. Um, uh, so everyone has pre-ordered one. Thanks for supporting the podcast. Uh, if you want to get one, get one, because I'm not going to make loads. So. Pro- uh, Progresswrestling.com forward slash, I don't think forward slash merch works anymore, does it? No. But Just the merch section of Progresswrestling.com, we don't have minions to ship 
the progress merch. It, we do it. Just, just, just you. Specifically, just you. Specifically, just, <laughs> I do it. Yeah, and John does it. Yeah. So if you want to support us in that way, yeah, buy merch. Thanks. Because um, we can't sell any more tickets. We can. Sheffield and Birmingham. Sheffield, December the tenth. Yeah, we just we just added standing tickets for both shows. Yeah. So, so progresswrestling.com. Sheffield is looking like it will be our biggest chapter, like regular chapter show ever. Yeah. Apart from the big shows. That's why I said yeah. regular. But there's still chapters, so that's why it's confusing. For you, for you, mate. Break up, break up. All right, step right. away, step away. So, um, yeah, point people at the pro, uh, at point people at this podcast via jimsmorman.com slash tnj. Subscribe, review, rate wherever you get podcasts from. All that jazz, and um, yeah, support everything on the Distraction Pieces Network because uh, it's all good. Right, we're off now. Um, we'll see you on Sunday if you're coming to progress. Um, we'll be very jet lagged. Please bring us caffeine. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.